Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, once again to the Common Chaos Podcast, your one-stop shop for that beautiful balance of chaos and order. I am your host, Brian Kern, and I'm here to discuss the good, the bad, all the ugly in-between of this thing that we call life, baby. That's right. I'm here to give you some some perspectives, some insights, some opinions, and I'm going to be frank with you. I don't know shit, but... I'm going to give you my take on the world and what is happening, what's going on, what is, uh, what's the business, if you will. I guess I'm not going to go too far into like what really the business is with this particular episode because this is a follow-up to an episode that I just released with my good friend Knives Monroe. This is part two of the year-end wrap-up. He had to come back for a separate occasion, so he came back uh, on December 4th. Second or uh, January 2nd, I'm sorry if I'm not mistaken. So, two days into the new year, and uh, we chatted about 2021 uh, again, but this time more went deeper into uh, what what we enjoyed from 2021, not so much what happened to us and what our lives, uh, you know, what, what manifested and what took place and events that we were a part of or anything like that. Um, we kind of discussed that in part one part two was all about the entertainment the music the movies that we enjoyed um the things that we took away from 2021 that we were you know excited about and happy that happened uh so just put a nice little bow on 2021 for you guys figured that would be nice and right after this episode you guys are going to get my uh first episode of 2022 Hope you guys are uh, prepped and ready for that one. Before we get into it, as you know, the formalities, as usual, you guys can support the podcast at commonchaos.net. Um, if you want to sign up for our email list, you can get a shirt. Shout out to Jordan Tupper, the most recent uh, fan of the podcast, to sign up for that email list. He's getting a shirt sent his way. Be on the lookout for that one, buddy. Um, he's also a listener of the I Hate the Scene podcast. Check out I Hate the Scene wherever you can, wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Um, but yeah, you guys can find us at commonchaos.net. The social medias are the common chaos on Instagram and Twitter um, of Brian of Death. If you want my personal ones, uh, Instagram and Twitter as well. And uh, the Facebook and the YouTube, they're kicking off here once we get to our 100th episode. I believe this is 86, 87, 90, 80, I don't know, 89, maybe 90. I don't know, but we're getting close, baby. Almost at 100. And then we got a couple big things rolling out. Excited to get there. Uh, Oh, yeah. Hey, the reads. Yeah, duh. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> the podcast. Sorry, guys. Uh, keep sponsoring me. Uh, the sponsors of the podcast, as usual, Fightback CBD. Fightback CBD is owned, operated, and created by my good buddy, Justin McClenney. You can find out more about this beautiful product in episode 59, where I sit down with him and we talk about his life and his journey. Uh, he's a great man, and he started a great thing, Fightback CBD. It's Austin, Texas's number one CBD product. It's probably one of the world's fastest-growing CBD products. He sponsors professional athletes from all around the world. He sponsors artists and creatives like myself from all around the world. He is a phenomenal person. Uh, proceeds of Portions of the proceeds for anything you purchase through fightbackcbd.com help people in their process of recovery, help people in recovery or uh, in rehab. Um, Justin himself has struggled with addiction and uh, it's one of the honestly biggest issues I think uh, worldwide or at least here in the United States for sure I think everybody um, themselves knows or has somebody in their family or close to them that is uh, you know hit with addiction of some sort and uh, 
Justin is himself and he's on that path and that journey of recovery and he's out there to help others and he's a great resource. So you should definitely check out his product at uh, Fightback CBD on Instagram. Just just go to the Instagram. Don't even go to the website and look at the products yet. Just go to the Instagram and see who's he, who he's supporting, see who's supporting him, see who he's reaching out to and who he's taking care of. He's a phenomenal human being uh, and he has phenomenal products. He's got drops. He's got uh, roll-on applicators for uh, CBD roll-on applicators. He has um, bath bombs. He has... Uh, fucking vapes he's got it all for you guys and these cbd products are um clinically tested he's got uh two or three different test sites that he's run through all of them come with their own uh qr scan codes where you can see where that particular vial you got what batch that came from how it tested what levels of whatever are in it he works with the full cbd spectrum um yeah and again he's just a great guy and you guys can save 20 percent as always by using the promo code chaos at fightbackcbd.com that's right 20% promo code chaos podcast is also brought to you by phoenix fit you can check them out at phoenixfit.com another company with a great message behind it they have the live free program uh or the live well program i apologize uh it is a program where every product purchased through their website they donate a free gallon of water to someone in need that's right they have already donated over 600,000 gallons of water to people in need around the world uh, this podcast is responsible for over a thousand of those gallons. Great job, guys! Phenomenal job. Um, but as you guys know, as you support the podcast, you know you're not just supporting me; you're supporting other people. You know, we 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 work to support the communities, and that's what we're doing. And if you guys go to, uh, you know, either of these either of these brands and pick up their products, you're uh, you're not just supporting me, but you're taking care of people too. Just know that. Uh, so yeah, you can go to phoenixfit.com and save 15% on all their supplements, fitness gear, and apparel. That's right, 15% by using the promo code CHAOSFNX. That's right, CHAOSFNX at checkout. Um, phoenixfit.com, they have some amazing uh, fitness gear. They have uh, elastic bands, weight vests. They have gym bags. They've got, I mean, they've got all your accessory and apparel needs. They've got shakers. They've got hats. They've got tanks. They've got uh, phenomenal, like, normal, uh, you know, casual wear shirts. They've got casual wear uh, shorts. They've got great gym shorts. Uh, I have a pair that I use for jiu-jitsu and for, and for just your standard working out. They're fucking super comfortable. Um, they've got... Um, phenomenal supplements you know i I've, i talk about their supplements probably more than i talk about anything but um one that i haven't talked about is their nootropic you know i'm an alpha brain user but they have a, a nootropic called uh, um what's it called it is called damn i'll have to uh i'll have to look it up or think of it i don't want to look it up right now but yeah they have this uh nootropic that i want to try Oh, reactivate. Yeah, it's called reactivate, and it's an, it's a alpha brain equivalent, apparently, right? And uh, they have one, and I'm gonna try it. Uh, I'm gonna try that, and then kind of match it up against alpha brain. Uh, take alpha brain, you know, in cycles, and um, you know, I'll, I'll 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 provide my feedback on what I feel from both of those. I do have a lot of people that ask me about alpha brain and if I use it and how I feel when I take it, and um, I think I, I I I've taken enough to to know how I feel on it, off of it, what happens if I've taken too much of it for sure. And I would like to dabble in the Phoenix Fit Nootropic, this, this reactivate product that they have. 
And um, so I'll let you guys know. I'm going to try it. It's it's coming up in one of my orders that I'm going to place here. But once I get that in, I'll let you guys know how that is. But their pre-workout's phenomenal. Their uh, their post-workout protein is fucking great. They have a AM protein that you're supposed to take after your morning workouts that's got green tea extract, coffee bean extract. It's meant to wake you up. It's got some of the ingredients you will find in Alpha Brain actually in it to kind of give you that boost. Um, fucking less than a gram of sugar. They've got a phenomenal... Uh, PM protein that you're supposed to take at night that has uh, valerian root, melatonin. Uh, it has another extract that's supposed to help you with sleep. Man, these guys are cutting edge on their supplements. They're uh, manufactured and produced here in the United States. They have their home base in Utah. They have gyms propping up around the, around the country. Uh, again, they are one of the fastest supplement and fitness companies here in the in the U.S., they're just a great company. You guys should definitely check them out. PhoenixFit.com. You can get all the information about their Live Free program. You can get all their information about um, their, yeah, on everything, all their trials for all their supplements, how they're all approved. Um, they're, they have several athletes that are in the CrossFit games, so they've got products that are approved through different levels um, here in the United States through different sports and, and competition uh you know, regulations and all that. So they've got some great premium products. You guys should check them out. You're going to save 15% by using the promo code chaos. FNX. I don't want to make these reads too fucking long, guys. I'm sorry. I just forgot I even had to do them. So I'm just throwing them out there for you. Um, but yeah, you can just fast forward into the episode as it is. Enjoy it. This is my buddy Nice and Row for part two of our 2021 recap. I love you fucks. Thank you. I assure you that like in the wrestling world everybody starts that way but it's not cool but my trainers we would go back and they they would smoke inside their house and like they would everybody would get high but i just remember monday nights staying up till like five in the morning and just like lungs hurting the next day body ache. it was such a great feeling yeah you know yeah. it's there's like a brotherhood back then for sure we're recording too, haven't smoked so. in a house since then we're in it okay well i'm glad i can bring that Shit, n- nostalgia back for you no you're good you're good thank you um well, all right, we have Nice and Row back for our, our part two uh, year-end episode, even though we're two days into 2022. It's okay. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for having me. I, I love being on your show. It's the best. Of course, man. I'm excited to have you, as always. You're one of the greatest hosts in <laughs> Austin, sir. Oh, ooh, okay. For real. All right. You said it. You said it. Um, I ought to know. Uh, yeah, you do. You should. You should. You, you're, you're the connected one. No. And that's why it's an honor to, to have you on. Um, our I previous episode... upwards. <laughs> Our previous episode was a uh, look back at 2021. We'd normally do a year-end wrap-up episode, Knives and myself. Uh, so we were looking back at 2021 in our previous episode, and it was more of a personal one. We talked about uh, some experiences we went through. Uh, you got two new jobs, uh, both self-created. You were able to take some trips. You were able to experience some pretty... Uh, some pretty interesting, interesting pinnacle points of, of life, I'd say, in one year's time. Um, which, and you know, and myself included, I had, we had COVID and we had the freeze here in Austin, dude, and the cold that we're experiencing right now, a little bit of trauma, a little bit, a little bit of PTSD, some PTSD, right? Waking up at 20 degree weather today. And I was like, oh shit, we got to make sure we're, <laughs> should yeah. we drip? Should we start dripping faucets yeah. right now? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. I woke up, it was 22 degrees. Yeah. Yep. 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 And I was like, well, at least it's not negative too. Yeah. It was rough. 
Um, and so I figured we would touch on our highs and lows of 2021, just a few specific ones if you have any that stand out to you. And then we'll get into the actual tangible things of 2021 that stood out to us, the films, the entertainment, the music, the the fun stuff that people actually want to listen to and hear yeah. about. Um, I think I mentioned this on the other pod, but a, a big high for me, and it's weird because it came from, I don't want to call it a low, but I took Norm McDonald's death pretty hard. And uh, I made this oath. And this was a, a flip the switch moment for me. And I'm always interested in artists and creators and any kind of person who has that moment where they have a breakthrough and they flip the switch and there's a before and after sort of moment. Normally for people it's gradual, but sometimes it's a moment in time. And for me, it was Norm MacDonald dying and I decided that I wanted to live and I wanted to, I was like, I love myself. Anytime I've, I've interviewed people on my pod and they'll tell me that, oh, I, I love myself. And I'm like, how do you do that? I want to stop everything that I'm doing. And it's like, let's deep dive there. How did you get there? And it's typically women that'll say, oh, I fell in love with myself. What's not to love, you know? And I'm like, how do you get there? Um, ultimately, I realized that I'm my favorite person, you know? Like, I'm the dad I always wanted. Um, I have my dream girl. My kids are dope. My daughter just had her first sleepover last night. It was so adorable, so pure and I'm like man like I'm so lucky so a big high for me is you know last year me and my wife we closed on a house during well actually two years ago now 2020 um closed on a house during I mean we were building it during like peak COVID and it was so weird and materials were delayed to get over here and and all this stuff and it didn't seem like the right time to do it like during a social calamity but um but now that it's been a full year like at my house I mean I'm the most successful male in my family tree. Like, and it, I always felt like no one thought that would ever happen for me. That's fucking dope. And to really let myself soak that in and accept that and appreciate that and be grateful for it, it doesn't really get higher than that for me. Like, as far as a peak, like this whole solid year, you know, we, we mentioned the freeze on the last pod. I think one of the things that really helped us, and it was such a nightmare for you and Becca, um, was the fact that we had a brand new house, new pipes and all that. And so we were super lucky. Like the worst for us was we put our food in the garage and um, we didn't have power for a few days intermittently. But by and large, it was okay. My, my kids were never scared. I had to like not let them see my poker face, which is just, right. that's just being a dad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm... It's strange for guys like us in our age, mid-30s, like, I think when I was younger, I took more risks and I wasn't afraid to fail. And now I'm a little more afraid to fail because I'm like, how many times can I start from scratch? Like, how often can I do that? But I did it in 2021. I started from scratch. I was fired. And I turned that into a, a positive. Like, I, I don't know how, if you were to tell me. Um, <laughs> last, It's funny, we're connecting the, the last pod, so I guess this really is a proper part too, but... I mentioned this because I heard it back and I never hear my podcast back, but that one felt really fucking good. And so I did hear it back. And um, one thing I mentioned was this Fortune 500 company that was just, I hated working with them. I was just so underwhelmed by their lack of professionalism when it comes to content producing and videography editing. And I signed up to work with them before I got hired full time with that company and um, who has them as a client. And... I remember regretting like in October, 
this this particular it was supposed to be like 70 videos i needed to edit and uh, i wanted to quit i had two panic attacks like in in in, in 48 hours fucking awful and i was ready to quit take my ball and go home and just take the l and take the humiliation that comes with that and the mindfuckery that comes with it but i didn't and I, I i i saw through the course even though it was terrible and the second part of my payment went through like three days ago mm. and uh, i remember getting the email of just like hey x amount of money went you know is in your bank and i was like whoa i didn't think i'd get it because i i told, i told them yourself. take your take your keep your fucking money i don't want to do this i'm going to edit this last thing and then we're done you know, I thought I fired them, but they, they honored their agreement and they, they paid me, man. And uh, they could have paid me half and I would have been grateful. I would have been like, thanks for half. They paid me the whole thing and it was just like, we forget, or I forget that sometimes you can't put your self-worth in a job. You have to get your self-worth somewhere else or internally, love yourself, right? Um, it's a transaction. Like jobs are transactions. You do the work for money. So when I got the money, I was like, it was worth the 90 days of fucking torture. So I don't know. I don't know if I answered your question, but like the highs to me are, is the, the biggest high for me is um, 2021 as a 33 year old, I fell in love with myself. And as a man, I just don't think that happens very often. And I'm proud to say it. That's beautiful. Kind of corny, but that's the truth. It's not at all corny. Uh, I think everybody, that's an attitude thing first and foremost, I think, is loving yourself. It's an attitude. Just like being in a positive mindset, negative mindset, what have you, right? I'm fucking agoraphobic, man. Like, I I loathed myself for a I long mean, time. A lot and of and us I do. punished myself I got for some years. Questions. I got some follow-up. Um, Bring them on. You said that you're, you're the most successful male in your family tree, and you don't think that anybody in your family expected you to achieve that. Yeah. Did you expect yourself to achieve that? Oh, yeah. When I was, I had crazy delusions of grandeur at such a young age. Okay. Like, I had crazy dreams that, I mean, delusional dreams that were really unrealistic. Like, I'll be on TV. Mm -hmm. um, people will care about what I have to say. I'm going to yeah. make movies. Like, just stuff that, you know, people tell you to minimize yourself and say, sit down, be humble, and to be practical. And it's one of the most fucked up things you can tell a child is to be practical. Yeah. Even though I get it, right? But for me, it was more like discouraging. It was like, don't try. That's not something that's in the cards for you, um, which I never understood because I was like, if I want it, that should be encouraged, you know? Um, but I've forgiven my family for that. And I've, because I shoved my success up their ass, you know, <laughs> that, that has a lot to do with it. But um, yeah, no, like you always hear like Jennifer Lawrence or somebody who's on television, they win an Academy, in the, uh, Academy Award and they say, I never thought in my wildest dreams that I'd be here. And I, I hear that and I think I can't relate to that because I've always thought, I always wanted what I have right now. Okay. The paradox is what's next. I, right. That is a whole new thing because I put all my eggs in this basket. I went all in, full tilt, you name it, balls to the wall. Woke up one day and uh, I had everything I wanted and it's like, wow. Um, and I've even rested on my laurels. Have you heard that expression? Yeah, yeah. I've even like slacked off a bit and then picked it back up because I'm like, yeah. oh shit, you can lose this. It's yep, like, yep. it's like uh, I think about John. That's human nature. It, it, it totally is. And I'm not like this warrior championship. Like I'm not uh, Anderson Silva, right? With like the most successful wins, uh, title defenses. I don't know if he still has that or not, but um, I felt like I won the championship I'm done. I want to. Yeah, I want to yeah, quit yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, but yeah, it's like, yeah. no, you have to defend this shit. Yeah, yeah And yeah. that's fucking hard. Yeah. Like getting to the top is easier than staying on, the, hitting, on the quote unquote top. You're hitting fucking so many points there, and beautiful, beautifully explained. You know, I think that there is, um, 
you you can't be at your peak all the time but to envision that you have potential and to envision that you can achieve things is really really important uh you're absolutely right and that we can't tell tell kids or limit kids you know and there's something to be said for that me and me and becca were talking about risk taking the other day and you and me were talking about a little something before we started the podcast and you know uh, you mentioned also earlier, it's harder to take risks when you're older and it's easier when we're younger. And that's obviously the case, right? Because we go from being kids and being daydreamers and imagination, just running wild. We have imaginary friends and shit that we're doing all the time. And then grow up, we mature a little bit. We start going through changes, puberty, you know, we start paying attention to other shit, money, girls, things, right? Same for girls and, you know, for whatever. The opposite sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And through this process, we're just we're trying to absorb what we can and and formulate it. And risks, I think, at that age seem like a good idea because it's following that like childhood passion or energy or dream that we had. Right when we get out of school, you know, by the time we're seniors, junior seniors, we're fucking over school, man. Senioritis, especially if we're going to college, and unless education is something that we're really into, for a lot of kids, it's like. Man, another four years of school. I got to figure out what school I'm going to go to. I have to figure out what major I want to do. I have to figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life. I just want to be done with school. And then when they have freedom, they take their risks, right? You see a lot of kids in their teens, 20s take risks. I did a band for several years, right? And just not really caring, having a job, but that not being the point, right? The point being not necessarily the money, the point being, hey, I want to play my music at the end of the day with my friends and we're going to have a good time. And then as we got more into it, like, hey, how can we make money doing this? Can we make shirts? Can we do, you know, playing shows, touring? What does that look like? You know? And then you start exploring, you hope, you hope that everybody can kind of have a taste of that as they're older, because that's what's going to fuel the motivation as adults to achieve their best, right? But how many people don't get that as kids, let alone as adults, right? Think about that. How many younger adults, teens, kids don't get achievements or appreciation? I would say most. Fuck, it sucks, man, right? Most people, yeah. And so how are you supposed to ignite that in, in, in people that are that are our age, right? Mid-30s that are have their lives already, right. s- are either starting their lives seriously, hopefully, or are in the midst of it or what, you know, maybe on the path to, and hey, maybe we're not trying to figure our lives out at 35. Maybe we have a goal of having everything figured out by 40 or 45 or 50. I just, it doesn't look too good if you're trying to figure your life out at 50, right? right. You hope to have things figured out by that time. But what's having life figured out? That's objective, I think, at the end right. of the day. Well, some sort of, you know, realization. It's some sort right? of reality you're paying attention to yeah. and you're like surviving it, right? Like I think if, you know, if you're a homeless person on the street out here and you're loving your life in your tent and everything's yeah. great and dandy, well, like, okay, then I guess you're living your truth and you're killing it. There's something to that. There is. Yeah. There is. Whatever it is. It's never off the table. It's not. It's not. There, yeah. Exactly. Because sometimes... And I've talked to a lot of fucking people and I have talked to homeless people and like, yeah. dude, you, with some of them, you see that it's just, uh, oh, you have this figured out. You're good. Yeah. You don't care about any of this other stuff. You're yeah. fine. And that if, you know, when I'm talking to the guy and he tells me that and I'm just like, dude, you're chill out here. And he's like, yeah, man, I talked to him and he's just, you know, Do you ever, have you ever played like Grand Theft Auto? Oh yeah. 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 Uh, I've, I've never played a, a proper campaign of Grand Theft Auto, but, okay. um, you know how you can do a mission, yeah. like the linear mission, uh-huh. or you can like free roam? Yeah. That's what homelessness is homelessness is to me, is yeah. free roaming. Like I'm not on a mission, I'm not trying to get points, I'm not trying to win. Right. I'm gonna free roam and like maybe I'll go into a strip club, maybe I'll shoot a shop a, a cop in the face with a shotgun, maybe mm-hmm. I'll do this, maybe I'll get five stars. 
right? And I'm mm -hmm. wanted, helicopters are after me. Like they're mm -hmm. playing that game, they're off the grid. That's never off the table. Like I, I do have, as someone who has been homeless for a minute, like I, I'm not afraid of it. I, so I've been- And I don't disrespect it either. I've couch hopped because of circumstances, right? And was definitely in situations, but I think, in, and we've talked about this before, but I think when we experience those things that, I saw it as part of life. Like, hey, this is me. This is a situation I got myself in. I got to get myself out of. Like, just is what it is. You know, circumstances. And you handle that. I I respect that. There is a certain... Okay. Nine times out of ten, you're talking to a homeless person. They're going to be crazy, right? When you do talk to them, though, and you find out that they've got their life figured out in the sense that they've got their drugs, their vices that they get to partake in, their shelter, their community, they have it figured out. You know, there is a certain level of complacency where when someone does reach that level, they're okay with it because at least they have their life figured out. To us, it looks like you don't have shit figured out, man. You're homeless. You don't have anything. You're living in a tent under a bridge. What is this? What do you mean you have it all figured out? But in their day to day, whatever keeps them ticking and happy is ticking and happy. They don't have any. Yeah. Now, if that's a nature nurture thing and drugs and mental illness and all the other caveats that cause that to be a circumstance somebody has dealt with you know, that's what keeps them there or that's what motivates them to get them out, right? In a lot of situations. Of course. I don't think anybody that is truly wrought with homelessness because they've lost their job and lost their money and they've lost their finances and their shelter, like, yeah. and they don't have anywhere to go, right? They don't have like that network. They don't have that someone that they can rely on for a month until they get on their feet. They don't they've have been, Their family resources. has exiled them. They've, they're exiled. Yeah. That's a different level. That's a different of like, level. It okay, is. right? Yeah. And sometimes it's the fear of being put in those situations, even though that particular level, like you're on a weird path. If that's all right. if you're ostracized yourself from yeah. your family and your friends and it's, yeah. you are homeless and people see you struggling and yet nobody's willing to help you. Well, it could be your addiction or your shit that you got going on. Right. Of course. But the ones that are just wrought with unfortunate circumstances and are put in those situations, yeah. the fear of what they see should be enough to motivate them out of those situations. And I think for a lot of people, it does. A lot of people that do have to start from the bottom or below the bottom mm -hmm. in a shitty entry-level job, minimum wage job, unemployment, whatever the case may be, there's something that they've either had or that they want to attain that is going to motivate them to continue to go further, right? That's right, yeah. It sucks that, this, that those stakes of motivation nowadays are so mediocre. It's just having the 50K job. It's having the mm. the roof over your head right. and like being able to support your family. Yeah. You know, a lot of people I think settle for those things. To, to me, like, a, well, this is me and I'm, I don't want to alienate any listeners here. Cause this is like, I'll name someone. This is like my wife. Um, Can I real quick just interject? The please. reason I say that. Yes, please. I feel like for a good time in my life, that's all I was concerned about. I was concerned about having a good job and having savings yeah. for when I was older yeah. and retirement. And like, that was the ideal thing. Yeah. And I had this like cognitive dissonance when I got into this, like the self-motivation. And when mm -hmm. I first really lost weight and like mm -hmm. went through some major changes personally in my life, that's when I was like, oh, I can like get more if I want to. I yeah. had a little taste of like the success, whatever it was, yeah. the attention because I was losing weight or because I was getting in shape or because I was, you know, performing better when I was working out or whatever it was, whatever little wins I was getting, it kept me motivated, right? Yeah. And it kept me kind of going. And 
Again, if you get that when you're a kid, a lot of times if you're successful younger growing up, that carries over. If you get good grades and you're you're studying, you learn your good behaviors and you're disciplined and that carries over into adulthood. And that is what sets a lot of people up for success as they get older. But there are a lot of people that hit speed bumps or that fucking don't have the right opportunities or resources or they plateau or they don't understand what the next level feels like or looks like or how they even get there or they feel helpless or whatever it may be. There's there's got to be something that ignites people to want to maybe yearn for something more. Does that make sense? Or go after something more. But how can how can they want to even begin to start that process when all of it seems so unattainable because of what we're, we're, you know, we're told to just be complacent. We're told to limit ourselves. And it's frustrating, man. It's frustrating. I wish everybody could feel that fire of like, hey, I took a risk and I accomplished it. And now when I start to get complacent or when I do start to fucking relax a little bit or take that foot off that gas and I see someone pass me or I see that I'm losing my momentum or I'm losing my pace, I got to turn that shit back on. Some people are like, well, cool. And then maybe that turns into a downward spiral and they fucking in five years are in a shittier situation because they never took the opportunities that were ahead of them or thought to take the opportunities, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just, I see people in those situations and then I hear, I see you and I hear yeah. this story and like you're speaking it out loud and it's almost like, fuck, put yourself in the situations where you are going to risk losing a lot or you are going to risk yeah. not having a lot and then really see what you're capable of because I right. bet that that fire or that fuel that you're using is going to burn a little bit a little bit extra yeah just because you are in fear of actually losing something yeah and, and now, people are afraid to put themselves in that position now that you're married like your life's not just about you anymore and i'm sure oh, it hasn't true. been for a minute but that's one thing you know it's an advantage i guess maybe is i i have a family and i can't let them down so when i was fired i was like it was it was I think my reaction 10 years ago would have been like, I'm going to do nothing for two years. Fuck it. Take right. a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This time it was like, I need to do something now. So I had that I had that fire. Um, a word that I think we're, 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 we're omitting here, not on purpose, is hunger, right? Like, hmm. that's one thing that I've struggled with. Like, 2020 and half of 2021, I, not just for quarantine purposes, but like, I was isolated and I isolated myself from civilization, people. And and I realized that was making me very depressed. Um, that's one thing that I always talk about when, when we, you know, I never had the proper, I, I never on my podcast ever talked about COVID, never once. Mm. And I didn't want to because everybody was doing it. And also I, I, I didn't have like a thing to say about it. Um, and so now kind of kind of sort of coming out of it, even though it's not over and it'll never be over apparently, one thing I've, one angle I've always maintained is, okay, we should all be healthier. Um, should all take our vitamins, get sun, fresh air, all that, be healthier. Um, but also what about the mental health of, of being isolated? Like I knew that was gonna be a problem, but it was definitely a problem for me. And it was curbing my hunger. Uh, I'm For the listeners, there's this great Reddit thread and something tells me like your listeners would know more about this. I don't have to break it down, but like there's like this Reddit thread of like no fap. And it's it's I'm always on the fence of that because I understand like there's this masculine trait of I want to I want to keep my testosterone and I want to keep this going and you know, I don't want to just like blow my nuts like, you know, down the drain and I heard that's inaccurate. I, I and so that's the thing. I don't know how scientific any of that is, but what there's I There's a mental thing there for sure. I, Absolutely. There's, there's a, a dopamine thing, for not thing there. That there's there's, there's all a, that. a mental aspect to not fapping for sure. So 100%. I, I understand. Um, there's, 
there's a mental health component to that is my is what I want to say um and it takes discipline and hunger to say I'm not going to self-gratify myself um and I'm going to put myself out there and be exposed and risk humiliation or pain I don't know how single people do anything now don't get me wrong like I I got hooked up before these dating apps so I don't know like when I don't want to name this person but someone a relative I'll say um talked to me about hinge and um and it's like a dating app apparently and you can make these these sort of like voice memo voice bios like oh here are my interests and it's like the voice instead of like reading a bio whatever and I'm like I, I can't imagine just how hard it is for incels today it's never been harder to be an incel right so sorry that's a tangent but uh but the hunger like hunger is a gift like that's the thing about being in between jobs or being fired or being unemployed or whatever like that is a gift in and of itself because when you're comfortable and complacent these are the people who are in their 30s that are like what do i want to do like what what else is there or they turn to their significant other and they realize i don't love this person i don't recognize them anymore these are signals to do something these are signals to do what worked that got you to this level right like um i got complacent i got i rested on my laurels and and i was resting on them in 2021 and it's weird saying that that was last year but it was um and i had to tap in and realize what made me hungry i remember there's a neighbor of mine um his name's carlos diaz and I've had him on my podcast and he he created this brand called Support Your Local Filmmakers. And I've worn some of his apparel before. People think it's mine and no, it's his. And um, I went to his house one day and I was just walking and he was like, hey, come over. He saw me walking. I go for a three mile walk every day. And um, he's like, what are, you, what are you working on? What are you filming? What are you writing? And I was like, nothing. Like I fucking hate filmmaking. I forget what month this was, but it was somewhere in 2021. It may have been like April or May or June or something. I don't remember. But um and I had felt that way for about a year and a half where I was like, I fucking hate everything. I contemplate retirement all the time. And he looked at me and he was like, nah, man, like you don't know what you're saying. And then a couple months later I found this company, Blended Sense, and then it, it reignited my passion and I realized what I love is six motherfuckers in a room brainstorming and then you go out and you make the thing. Like that is the juice for me. And I went almost 18 months without that and I realized that's what I was missing that's what I love you can't put a price on that you can't put a paycheck on that you can't put a number on it and if I go too long without that because I'm isolated I go fucking nuts and like the whole world can fall apart and I could lose everything that I built yeah, yeah. and that that really scares me one thing I wanted to say was you were talking about these you know uh, I'm paying the bills I'm, I'm making the ends meet you know blah 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 um, one thing my wife is guilty of is she really is obsessed with like paying off her debt. And I get that. I, I don't, I kind of don't care about debt and I don't almost believe in it because once you die, it's like whatever. That's the way I see it, which is not responsible. But um, mm -hmm. like you don't want to, to me, that's not compelling enough to work just to pay your debt off. Like I that's, don't wanna, that's I, not enough for me. I don't, that's, that's an accurate statement, 100%. Um, because that's not, that's not a part of being like, truly free in yourself in your finances like having debt it's like, like no, one no, 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 no. line of a dimension but, it's not a shape for me it's like one part of it but it's it's one dimensional like it's not enough true you know when you you know when you die your debt generally goes to your kids right it depends how you set that up okay oh. 
I don't know how like Depends super how you true that is. Set that up. I don't or? know how super true that is. I really don't. Mm. I don't know how. Like I, I need that explained to me because maybe mm. maybe that's, that's true. That's true. I don't. Yeah, I've never I've never incurred debt from so uh, one of my dying, one of my so. friends uh, in 2020. Unfortunately, and I love this woman, but uh, his mother passed away. This is my best friend, and his mother passed away, and he was he's an only child, so he inherited her debt essentially, and. I guess he told me, I don't know, maybe every state is different, but like if you put in the obituary, like this person died, you know, and she had one kid and, you know, rest in peace, debt collectors have 30 days or something to be like, yo, you need to pay us right now. And if they don't within that obit, 30 days or something, guys, this might be fake news, but this is what he told me. Then they, then like there's like a limit, a uh, statute of limitations, if oh, you they will, can't come after where you. like they can't come after you, right? So there, there are, just like in all capitalist structures, like there are loopholes in these things where you cannot yeah. do that. And you've, I've also heard these things where how to create ge generational wealth. Say you're, you don't come from wealth, right? And it hasn't been passed down to you. Take out a loan, put it in someone's name that's on their way out. Use that loan to invest in whatever. And when that person dies, it doesn't matter. You have all that liquid cash to invest in whatever for the next family, right? For the next generation. I hope I explained that well. Um, and I think there are these hacks, these these hacks that you can do to to create wealth for the next generation. And you know, if I knew I was on my way out, if I knew I had like ninety days to live, I would take out all the fucking loans and hook that up to the people that I know need it. So when I die, those things default and whatever, and the people that love me um, have that cash. <laughs> we probably shouldn't say that now, but you know, to me, like I, I don't respect I don't respect debt. Like I think money is debt. You know, like I think it's only real when it when you owe something. Like I think money's fucking fake. Like I don't have trust in that system. I'm an anarchist in that regard when it comes to money, but maybe I don't understand it because I grew up poor. I grew up fucking poor. You know, I'm telling my son who's looking to to get a job. He want he's like, oh, I want to work at Subway. I was like, dude, my first job was Waterburger, and they paid me um, like five fifteen an hour or five oh five, five dollars and five cents. Waterburger is disgusting, by the way. I get PTSD every time I walk past one and I smell it and I can, I just know how everything's made. And, um, you know, I think it's important to get a job like that, you know, but now he can start like at $12 an hour. I'm like, motherfucker, Most dude. fast food places are doing 15, son. Dude, it's Most nuts. of them have hiked up. Most also, of them like, have hiked up. H-E-B, man. Like, that's the place -E -B's to work. the shit. H-E-B's the shit. H-E-B is the shit. Dude, a lot of, so is Costco. Like, you know, oh, a, yeah. lot of good a lot of good companies out there still. Oh yeah. So So is it safe to say that your highs and your lows of twenty twenty one were both fueled by adversity, right? It was the adversity and then the overcoming of the adversity, is that safe to say? And and sort of finding my resolve and like reclaiming my resolve, if I had to put it in a bar. Yeah. Like that's what it is. Cause okay. twenty twenty knocked me on my ass, man. Like I remember the uh the what did we call it or what did you call it? The Podpocalypse or Apocalypse. 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 I remember that was sort of like this. When me, you, Becca, Muscle White, Trent was there. Yeah. Um, when we recorded that, I remember I was in my garage. Like we went past midnight or something, and it was a gay old time. Like that was a fun time, but it was also like in the peak of the pessimism. Like I was yeah. pretty. I was like waist deep in that quicksand at the time. Because that was existentially. That was, that was month two of the two week curve. That was month two of the two week curve, and we were still like, "What the fuck." I you was know, that guy that was like, you know, this last eighteen months minimum, right? Or, like that was that was my take. Or at it the might time. have been it might have been a month in because that was like episode four, and then we did 
I think like two months in, we had interviewed, or like a month and a half. This is before Becca's parents got it. Yes, and they yeah. got it like a month and a half in. And that's yeah. why I'm trying yeah. to like do the time frame because our episode was before because yeah. they were one of like the, f they were, at least for us, nobody was interviewing people on TV and I was like, oh, you guys have it? I'm going to interview you then. Yeah. Like, let's get it if we can. Dude, that was a dark ass time, man. Dude, and I, and it was I, crazy. I, they, they, they legit text us and we're like, we were working on the wills. Like we, we were, we were in the, in the mindset that we needed to get things figured out. And it was like, whoa. Yeah. She was panicking. She was like, yo, this is not, you know, not crazy. Not, we weren't crazily panicked because we're talking to them. They're, hey, we're feeling good. But like, they're obviously not telling us the worst of it. And then when we're talking to them, they're like, uh, we were going to bed thinking, what is worse? Yeah. What is worse? Like being in a hospital, like not breathing because it's already like bad enough, right. you know? This is before <laughs> we knew, trip. we knew how extreme it was going to be. Dude, and, and don't you think Joe Rogan's gotten a little cocky? Uh, I don't even want to talk about it. I, I'm just I saying, listen. like, there. I, I saw this clip. It was just a clip, and and he was basically like mocking people who got the vaccine and mocking people who wear the masks. Like, I can't listen to him. I, uh, I and, and you know, I don't want to politicize this, but it is inherently political. Like, you know, I haven't gotten sick, and to me, I'm gonna wear masks forever. Like, I still walk into gas stations and I wear a mask, not because I don't want COVID, because like I wear socks. Like, it's just a hygiene thing at this point. It's like a it's a, I don't want anyone to like, fucking get your germs away from me to an extent. I also know things are, like I went to an AEW show and I was with 10,000 people, like, you know, not wearing, and I would, was not wearing a mask. So I picked my battles and I know we're going to get sick, but, you know. I mean, I think the idea like of it's wearing really, the mask like, while you're sick is smart. Dude, like they, he, they do it in he, Japan. Yeah, I know. You know Asian and, countries all over the place. I know. And I've accepted it to it me. Like I'm, I'm probably going to wear it for the rest of my life. Like not, and people look at it like, um, People look at it like it's like you're a pussy, essentially, right? And to me, it's like I don't give a shit weird about to that. Say that you're gonna wear it for the rest of your life. You think so? I mean, I I see the practicality in like it being sick, and I know that that's one of the points. Especially Rogan, he likes to point that out. It doesn't protect dude, more than dude. Okay, he he, he is dude. Like you it's know. not. I have I have literally no political involvement <laughs> whatsoever when it comes to like other than like I kind of pay attention and I vote by what what I pay attention to. He just doesn't represent I'm us. Not, I'm, he does. He's so disconnected that's from what his I'm, fucking that, base. It. He and that's, that's where it. that's my argument. Same. He's so disconnected. What got me, and this is not. I, I love. Rogan. I'm sorry. He is he is God. Like understand that as a podcaster and as a fucking just fight fan. Ro I'm not, absolutely. Rogan is a part of my life and will always be a part of my life as a personality. And that's and I love him. He's great. But at the same time, this isn't 2013 of the podcast anymore. And I understand that. But dude, you can't be. You can't be talking to Dan Crenshaw, who is a congressman here in Texas and who has been on your show several fucking times. And when he brings up that. Everybody, for the most part, under a certain pay, got a stimulus check. Everyone, not just unemployed people. And right. you lose your shit on the podcast because you thought it was just for unemployed people. That shows you don't know what's going on. You don't on. know. You don't know And what's you going also on. don't care. How could you not yes. know that? You're paying attention to articles that you find interesting. And you're bringing up fun topics, man. And that's why people love you. And hey... Cool, man. You you fucking won. You won. You won. You won. You won. But what sucks about the level that you won at is now you're almost forced to like, hey, now you got serious shit to talk about because you have such a fan base. So when you bring up these weird ideas, why are you being so hardlined on them all of a sudden? Why is this like, I just don't understand, dude. And he he's being hardlined on things and it, it comes across so arrogant and disconnected because it's like, well, I'm doing this because... 
I recovered in five days and it was great. Well, yeah, dude, you're also fucking rich and you were able to recover right. in five days. Oh, yeah. What about the people that don't have health care and yeah. like well, can't was, go to the fucking doctors, bro? It was like when Trump got it, you know, like they threw the kitchen sink at him. Right? Yes, dude. Yeah. And it's like, hey, why don't you, instead of yelling at yelling at people about the decisions that they're making about masks and stuff, why don't you make it a point to educate people on like the methods? Like the fact that you're having doctors on now, the dude that invented ivermectin and the fact that right. you're having the, the Harvard doctor, you're having these people on there, that's important. And hey, I understand you're a guy that's about his freedoms and you don't want those infringed on either and this is getting murky. But leave that to the professionals, dude. Don't be out here, you know, just don't be out here waving this freedom flag when your freedom comes with all the money you got. Other people don't have that freedom that you have. Right. The freedom that you're real proud of and that you're trying to defend is the millionaire freedom. Right. A lot of your listeners don't have that, unfortunately. Yeah. And they don't have those same freedoms. Because guess what? They're lines. There are lines to freedom here, unfortunately. And when you're disconnected from that and you don't realize that and you're taking these stances and you're trying to fucking dig your heels into the sand, which you get on people about. He gets on people about digging their heels in the sand. He gets on people about not being open-minded about stuff. Yeah. And yet he's taken such a hard stance with a lot of these things. And I support a lot of it. I, I, I get a lot of my information from him still. But I can't listen to the podcast with his comic friends where they're just ripping on shit because it's like, dude, you're not, you know, when you get someone on and what I'm loving is he's getting smart people on and he'll say something and they'll go, well, that's not necessarily the case. And he'll correct them and he'll kind of, they'll steer the direction of, you know, the facts or whatever they're trying to pinpoint, you know, but when he had like Sanjay Gupta on there and Mm -hmm. Sanjay Gupta would say something and he'd hard rail him for what he said, that's also a communication thing. Like as a, as an interviewer. You can't hang up on someone's sentence. You have to understand that they're saying a sentence, but within the words that they're using, yeah. there's there's interpretation and nuance there. And like, yeah. it's better to clarify rather than jump on someone for what they say accusatorily or, or, or come after them because they said something a certain way when you're putting them on the spot with a question. Like, let them explain right. themselves, ask them to elaborate. Right. Like, when he's trying to call people out on his podcast as of late because he's trying to be, because he's bringing a perspective on a topic, which he doesn't normally do, he's going after, well, you said this. Well, okay, man. But yeah, you also asked him a question and he responded within like 10 seconds. Right. You didn't give him the, you didn't go, okay, can we revisit that? Let me ask you this again. Da, 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 da. And now what do you think about it? Take your time to think about it. You just rammed him because he yeah. answered a certain way. Like that's yeah. not interviewing him. That's yeah. having him on so you can get your point over. Right. There's, there's, a, there's a great clip of, of him and Bill Burr. Yeah. Right, and where he's <laughs> you've seen it, I'm sure. Where Bill Burr's like, dude, who the fuck are you? You're not a scientist, I'm not gonna listen to you. Yeah, like, don't yeah. call me whatever yeah. for wearing a mask. And I really what did. What about it. Homeboy recently, Tim Dillon going, everyone's nice to you, but, Oh, uh, we've never talked about this, but uh, and I'm sorry, I don't know, this is a tangent, but I fucking hate Tim Dillon. Oh, stop. Okay. I fucking hate okay, Tim real Dillon. Quick, real quick. I have to, every time I see <laughs> his fucking face of... on a thumbnail on my YouTube, I have to put. Do not recommend this channel. Like, I don't want to see his face. What are you talking he's about? He's not, first of all. He is hilarious. Don't you dude, fucking okay. say he's well, not funny. Let me say this. He's not fucking funny. Oh, my like, God. And it's he funny because, and, and here's the thing. I don't do this for anybody. He lives in Palm Springs, and I'm almost, I almost want to be like, hey, I'm also an Austin Palm Springs transplant. We yeah. need to connect. And like, dude, yeah. I, I don't know if he's lived out there for like a long time, but I'm in the Palm Springs node where I know sure. I can connect with him to some degree. Dude, he's so good. What are you talking about? Okay, he's so, so funny. So I, I've, I oh, love shit. stand-up comedy. Um, I heard Louis C.K.'s most recent special, which was dropped like a week ago. And it was really funny. Um, if you like YouTube, Tim Dillon, hilarious stand-up. Right. Which I've done. 
I can't find a clip that I've laughed at. He's not funny. He's also, I guess, not for me. You know, like I, I, there's cert, like Bill Burr. It's probably not for everybody, right? I, I, I imagine. I think he's pretty broad. My life, my wife will laugh at his shit, even though he's like, he plays that character where he's kind of like misogynist. Like, you know, there's this great Bill Burr joke where. Um, they say you can't ever hit a woman. Like, never? Like, there's always context <laughs> yeah, to yeah, hit yeah. a woman, right? My, yeah, wa- yeah. my wife will laugh at this. Yeah. Tim Dillon's, like, super unfucking funny And when him and Joe get together, I mean, yo, like, unsubscribe. Like, I, no, I can't, dude. dude. stop. And it's because funny because Joe basically put him on. Joe put him on. Dude, okay. Mate, all right, all right, all right. I think it is along the lines. It, does and this does Tim Dillon have a I'm joke? You, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Listen, okay. I'm not going to tell you a joke, but okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of explain him to you, I think. Uh, and this will segue into great content of 2021 because I thought Tim Dillon was great. I wanted to ask you about Bo Burnham as well. We'll get there. And I also, okay, cool, cool, cool. And uh, there was comedy was something I wanted to touch on for the year of 2021 because I thought it played a pivotal point in almost all types of media. Okay. I thought like when CNN and Fox News were trying to be humorous, especially around their, like when they made fun of Rogan, which was, you know, bro, you're, you're making a hundred million dollars. They're going to make fun of you. Sorry. But yeah, I mean, at that same time, I look at Fox news or whoever was fucking roasting Rogan about it. And I'm just like, or CNN specifically, but I'm just like, okay, well you're just as bad. But then when they try to be funny, when they're using humor as like their Their, method of, of, of translating whatever message they're trying to translate. And, the last two years have been like we can't be funny we can't be this we can't be that oh now i know we're like now you guys know you're fucking up so you're trying to use humor to get over on people and to like make things relevant and like oh sure. hey we can laugh again like but your humor is, this so is like fucking end of the world shit for me dry. dude it's so the fact that we're talking about cnn and fox news which is fine report the news fox i don't care what your angle is report the news but the fact that we're not talking about news we're talking about media personalities right yeah that's a bummer. And all they're trying to do is the same thing that Joe does, which is draw ratings, well, draw talk, clips. And what's what are they arguing about? I don't know if you saw the Instagram post that Rogan put up or something. He did something, but it was basically like uh, it was the news companies talking about how he has a small base of fans and it's feeding a small segment of this and of this and that. Uh-huh. And he responded with like, small segment, bitch, I have 300 million downloads like an episode and you guys have two million watchers like what are you talking about i average 40 mil and you have maybe three like your numbers are and that's where it's like okay grogan it's true you've acknowledged it now yeah you gotta you you gotta start acting like a fucking personality that gets 300 million downloads bro i don't know if sitting i don't know if sitting talking about dmt and he hasn't he hasn't gone to his old rants and that's what's kind of rough too us old head like rogan fans you know He's not going to have Arby Marcus on. He's not going to talk about fucking open relationships. And he's not going to talk about two, DMT. And the he, past two, like... He uh, ain't going to have... People that I've seen, they, they, they're talking about, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ron... What's his name? The comedian. Uh, Ron White? Ron White. He talked about his uh, DMT trip um, recently. And then he interviewed Blair White. Two Whites. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she White, talked which, about yeah. her Well, her I mean, DMT. okay. Yes. Yeah, so, and that, Joe that's has Rogan's talked about stick. it. Ad that's nauseum. Rogan's shtick. Of course, he's going to talk about DMT. So I want to get you back I mean on track is, about Tim. Okay. Well, uh, let's put a bow on this because I feel like the Tim Dillon thing is he definitely has a style of comedy. And I appreciate that you go, well, he might just not be for me. But when he does his show and he's like, you know, why can't we all just go out and fucking not mask up? You know, do we really need fucking masks? What's it doing for people? Is and he, he goes, being serious or is he doing a bit? He's doing he, a bit, bro. Okay, he's doing a bit. And yeah. that's just the thing. Like, it's, it's, it's. 
it's he is being like because he'll say why can't we just go out and hope that the ones that are around us don't get sick i mean life right i mean that's what we're here for you only right. live once yolo yeah. that's what the kids are saying yolo yeah we do only live once and it's my freedoms sure. and i should be able to go out without a mask but he's trying to the point being so this is right like, here super not funny to me hey i understand that and i'm not not like, because i'm like taking it seriously and i can't no. take a joke it's not that it's not that it's you know it's it's not that I mean, he's like he's obviously I, funny when he delivers it though and his timing. I don't and, think like, he's approached. No, okay. nor do I think like hit you know his. What I appreciate about him is that he is he is not one of the ones that has come over to Austin and loved it. He's been open about it. Oh, yeah. Fucking he, sucks. He over came here. back and he left. Right? It sucks in Austin. What are you talking about? Rogan's brainwashing people. It's not fun. California is still cool. Like, and that's his point. Is it's like everyone's whining and complaining about mask or no mask. It's like. It's what you fucking make of it. I go out and I wear my mask when I need to. I also go to places that don't require masks and if I don't want to wear it, I don't wear it. Right. It's not a big fucking deal. You're all making it big deals because so you're all fucking I think in your a, bubbles or on your screens and you need a voice or you need to right. say something about shit. And he's when he goes on Rogan, he fucking, Rogan's like, oh, I moved you because people are so not, so much nicer. Bro, you're fucking Joe Rogan. They announced it on national <laughs> worldwide news that you were moving to Austin, Texas. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. people are going to be fucking nice to you. Yeah. Traffic yeah. was horrible in Los Fucking traffic is horrible fucking everywhere. It's easy for you because you have a fucking Tesla and you fuck right. and you're, you know, you're rich. Again, you're on a level that right. nobody's. And he breaks and he like kind of goes at Rogan for like. Yeah. He puts Rogan in his spot for like. I think Rogan comes out here. You guys have to do this, and you guys, Rogan. That's you're not an Alex Jones. You're not out here to tell people what they need to do and they should do yeah. and what they have to this and no U- man. Ultimately, you're I think here that's to the ask biggest silly questions. That's the biggest draw with Tim. And you can't sit here and be like, you can't sit here and say you're representing the people and that's why you're coming at them with these opinions because you're not. You're not. You're fucking so rich, bro. You can go to a planet if an asteroid if don't look up that's was right. real and yeah. there is a ship with two thousand. People, you're on the fucking ship. Joe Rogan's on the ship. You're on the ship. Oh, yeah. Like, there's not... This is, He'll stop, probably have his own ship. Stop breaking the reality here. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. and... I, I like when he has, like, an intellectual people on, but I just... When he gets... When he gets the free reign of the conversation, and that's normally when he has someone on because he can... Right. Whatever the dialogue may be, it's hard to listen Bro, to Bro, I see Tim, like, on other people's podcasts, and even Joe's, and he says something that's supposedly funny, and it, the comedians look like they're fake laughing to me. I don't believe that they're actually laughing. I think the big, thank you for that. I think the biggest draw with Tim is there's a certain, and I don't want to make this a, a race thing because I hate it when people <laughs> do that. Or bash Tim Dillon. No, no, no. But I think there's a certain type of disenfranchised male in America who needs Tim Dillon. You know, they're like, I think, you know, Tim represents like being this beacon for people of like, this guy's saying the thing you're not supposed to say. People love that. People need that guy. People need. Um, what was his name? The comedian. I never listened to him. But I've seen a few clips. Um, people say that Alex Jones is like, like the doppelganger of this comedian. Oh, uh, you're talking, um, yeah, Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, the listeners were like screaming in their cars right Bill now. Bill Hicks, motherfucker. Um, you know, only because all of them also listen to Rogan. Yeah, so. exactly. But you need a Bill Hicks in America. Like, you need that voice that is like. Alt left and alt right, like the guy who just you know, when you zig, he zags. Like I get that. I just don't think he's lol funny. Like, and I've given him a chance. And you know, I uh, I really wanted to know what comedians thought when Bo Burnham released his special, 
because uh which is definitely a tangible highlight of 2021 as we get as we get into the let's get into the entertainment and the sure. things that we actually consumed and took in that were highlights of 2021 and i talked about it early in 2020 yeah uh, on I Hate the Scene, I'm really excited for the music that we're going to get in 2020 or in the years that follow 2020, 2021, 2022, and beyond yeah. because a lot of that angst and a lot of that emotion and aggression and frustration is going to come from what 2020 has, you know, yeah. has has become yeah. and what's transpired since and, yes. you know, uh, perfect time for like, although they got trolled, Rage Against the Machine to probably come back. I'm you seeing know, them uh, perfect, this year. Perfect, cool, where? In Madison Square Garden, damn, with uh, Run son. the Jewels. What? Yes, sir. For what? What? What is that? Uh, my friend invited me. He was like, "Dude, Run the Jewels, Rage Against the Machine, Madison Square Garden." I was like, "I've never been to MSG. Uh, I think it's in September, uh, September twenty second, in fact." And uh, he bought these tickets, and we're fucking going. Wow, dude, yeah. what a show! I can't that's wait. Definitely, yeah, dude, that's something I we're can't wait. Talk about you know, Rage oh, yeah. is more like. Uh, well, you know, it's funny because uh, my one my brother loves Blink One Eighty Two. That's his favorite band of all time. Big Tom DeLonge guy, and uh, everything comes back, comes back to Rogan because um, Tom, Tom has been on the pod. But uh, so he bought tickets for me in twenty eleven. They had released their last record, well, with Tom, and uh, we go to see the show. And MCR was like the middle act. Yeah. They fucking killed. MCR is great. MCR. Fucking we had tickets to their return it. show, but they got canceled. I like blew my load listening to uh, MCR, and uh, and then when Blink came on, I was like, wrap this shit up, wrap it up. <laughs> so I feel like that's what I expect with uh, Rage. Like, I'm kind of not. They're not the draw for me, but something I suspect they're gonna fucking kill yeah. when I get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so when you said they got trolled. Uh well or uh, memed or Ray they got memed about something uh I don't know somebody said something about an establishment it's like yo rage against the machine this is the establishment you're like supposed to be fighting against oh I think they were like yo get the get the shot that's right they were like get the get the vaccine like mask oh, up oh okay yo anti-establishment bro what the fuck because this is political now that's right so interesting it's like, they all got mad it's at funny rage. like how there there's a lot of puppets out there if, mm-hmm. if you believe that the noise that you're getting online are from real people oh yeah and not bots, exactly if you believe they're real people there's so many puppets that could be easily swayed by one person that mm-hmm. is a beacon for them yeah a trump or somebody of that matter or a tucker carlson what's interesting to me is i've seen in my lifetime like liberals became the conservatives like the pearl clutching conservatives of like you can't say that Mm -hmm. but when i was growing up that was the conservatives like when trey parker and matt stone released team america world police it was the conservatives that hated it yeah yeah. now it's the liberals that like hate hate that shit and it's just so but it's the same energy but you have different mascots that people it is. love. It, it, it's just flipping. They're, everybody's playing the same game. It's just they're using different tactics at different times. But they're all using the same the tactics. Same, Does that make sense? And the, the same, same shit. tactics. And like, I'm, I really hope the FBI does not come after me for saying this. But Say I kind of thought January 6th was fun. Not I was Woo! not there. I was not there. I was watching Great it. HBO documentary about this, dude. Uh, if you watch it. Cue Into the Storm? I'm getting chills. Into the Storm? Are we talking no, about no, that? No, no, no. Not that. No. There's a great day. Uh, and I, my wife Another was watching it. It's Q into the storm. Okay, Watch you it. need to tell me about this because I don't know one thing about QAnon. I don't know one thing about it. I don't know if I do after watching When I that went to New York, I saw these billboards of it. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? I don't know what that is. Yeah. But there's a there's a documentary. It's called like 
It's called like the day, like the 36 hours of the oh, insurrection or some shit yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, 18 hours inside. Right, the, right, right. right, 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 right. It's a must fucking watch. Okay. I'm getting chills because yeah. when you watch it, it looks like it was shot on IMAX, yep. but it's all iPhone footage. I'll watch it. 100%, Bro, 100%. it is insane. You tell me if that was good. I just, I will. You tell me if that was cool. I'll watch it. All I, right. The reason I say that I, I think January 6th <laughs> to me was fun. I'm joking, obviously. It, it shouldn't have happened. My point being... As someone that's just like, listen, guys, if I'm giving you my world perspective or my worldview, I'm like for the people and like fuck government and capitalism and like all these structures that are in place that are going to stop us from like feeling that energy that we get when we act or we sing or we, you know what I'm saying? I'm Bro. anti all the stuff that structures us and puts us in these boxes. But like at the same time, I understand the importance of it. I'm a realist. I understand I'm a human being on earth in 2021. I fucking get it. But I'm always, <laughs> I'm always going to support the energy and the fucking follow your dreams and the if someone gives me a guitar and tells me they'll pay me 10 bucks an hour to write music for the rest but of my life I don't think I'd probably do it I don't think that's what the insurrection was listen though listen it wasn't definitely was not that it, it wasn't. definitely was not that <laughs> Thank you. my point is that I'm always going to support those types of movements and those types of things and unfortunately January 6th was a culmination of that for so many of the wrong reasons like Right. But they but, thought but, that they thought but, it was that. But yes, they thought it was those things and they yeah. thought it was the grander. But to the establishment and to the government, I want to go, you did this. You did this. One man did this. Your, no, 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 no. Like, but literally, though. One, that, that's the, the Trump. Okay, listen, 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 listen. Okay, please. Listen, please. Listen. Yeah. Trump on that day said some shit that did that. Yes. Yes. The whole reason that we got to that day is because of the fucking government and the media. Hand in hand. Hand in hand. Hand in hand. They didn't like the fact that Trump was in government and they were going to fucking build up this fucking... If Trump that won, they needed do you think that out. would have happened that day? If Trump won the election? No, absolutely not. Thank you. But, but, but... It, it came from a lot of butthurt people that were like, listen, this is our that's guy. That's my point. That's my point. We're had, losing our rights here and all that, you know? Propaganda. Had, had I understand that. Had Trump never the been there... The media's complicit. Had Trump never been there in the first place, my point being is it's not... Okay. I probably should have prefaced this a little bit, but the whole reason that Trump was even in the White House to begin with and this all went awry is because of the fucking political back and forth that stemmed in 2016. This whole fucking gross media government inter interminglement that we saw. Like the fucking moment someone that takes, that is a part of the media in like a fictitious way, Trump became fictitious. a part of the reality. As soon as he unplugged from the Matrix and goes, yo, I want to play real shit yeah. and I want to be the president of the US. Yeah. Boom. We started this whole new reality, this whole new fucking world we walked <laughs> I love into. This. Son. The I love minute, this. the minute somebody y'all should see Brian hey, right now. They broke the fourth fucking wall. Trump broke that fourth wall and went from behind the fucking camera and went, "Yo, I'm gonna run shit," and yeah. I'm gonna fucking. He trumped himself, or Truman right. showed himself. He fucking came out of the thing and he was like, "What's what's gross is that a whole." He took advantage of the loopholes you talked about that are gonna be within yes. any system that's built. Right, fifty-one percent of America saw that and was like, "That's my guy." He's for me. And 51% it's like, of America. Well, enough of the electoral college that oh, voted fair, for Trump, fair, yeah, that yeah. were all about that energy. We're like, that's my guy. He's doing this for but me. Look what, look, but he wasn't doing it for you. He was doing that. it for him. Yes, exactly. That's the thing about the Matrix. But look what fed that. Oh, exactly. He because he's a player in the Matrix. He's like, this is about this is my world. This is I'm him. gonna run this exactly. shit. Exactly. But people are like, he's doing this for me. I'm gonna win, and it's like you didn't win shit. Yeah, yeah. But my point. It's a con. The, the whole thing was a brilliant con. And not to, only that, but it's also the ploy to instead of going, hey guys, 
The reason that this happened is because we actually do have a fair election system. And yes, Trump is ridiculous and this is odd, but the media and the government themselves should have, and I know it's hard to manage this many people and these many voices and it's impossible, but I mean, it's clear that the goal was to, once he became president, try to get him forcefully removed, whether it be by slandering him, the oh, stupid shit he did. they swung for the, his head every, every time. day. They went after him. Every day. And after a while, after a while, it became this thing. It became this thing to go after him just for the sake of going after, after him. And of course, his supporters are going to be by his side. So when he then starts using language like I'm being attacked or they're going to steal this from me or they're going to take your country away from you because the leader you support, they've been raking me over the coals for the last three years. They bought into that. That's all. Exactly. No, they did. And then when he gets up and does the same shit he's done for the last four fucking years, which is run his mouth like a fucking idiot, and you guys know it because you've been documenting it and talking about it left and fucking right. So you see the fucking formula in mm-hmm. front of you mm-hmm. are surprised when he says, I'm going to hold a meeting on the day that they announce the election and I'm going to bring my supporters. You're surprised when he gets there and says, you know what? I'm going to say some more crazy shit. And we do. We all know that there wasn't enough. There wasn't enough support coverage. You for know what would be law sweet, enforcement though. or whatever. Right. Like. And I'm not in any way being conspiratorial. There was a no, bunch no, no. of psychos there on January 6th. And For they sure. fucking took a bunch of shit that he was, again, saying. He was using words. And a bunch of his listeners were taking <laughs> that shit literal. Yeah. And fucking, oh, yeah, they were. And inter- How couldn't they? It's not symbolic. He was not being symbolic. <laughs> interpreting it as they needed. I know. But the fact that they Yo, even went there in the first place with the idea. Please that watch this movie. Because oh, these guys that were. It's so fascinating to me overwhelmingly white guys oh of course who i think there's things out there that say there was like broke inside the white house the mayhem the chaos it it is uh the fact that this when you watch this movie and you're seeing real cell phone footage and it looks like christopher nolan directed it like it looks like dunkirk because the footage you're so used to seeing like stuff from the civil rights movement the grainy old black and white shit to see like 4K isn't resolution, that, isn't that the movie? Isn't that the scene where the fucking what do they call him? The shaman, what do they, what do they call shaman. him? The sh- the guy with the horn and the uh-huh. yeah 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 whatever he is. I don't know what they call him. Shaman, something. sure sure sure. Uh, he was a vegan. Yeah yeah yeah. Vegan yeah that's all shaman. I know about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's just is it's, that the one where at the end they're like, what do we do now? And he goes, I don't care. We fucking came and we did this. And he's just like, I'm Dude, in here. No. And they leave and it's just like, wow, you guys were really in here just to cause a fucking scene. Yo. You guys were really in here just to cause a fucking mess. Here are my takeaways from this. Scream. Here are my takeaways. Highlight um, of 2021. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Highlight of 2021. Uh, here's my takeaway. Like, Trump did not pay for that, even though it's directly connected I mean, to him yet, yet, he did not know yet, consequences yeah when you're president that, you could literally get away with anything apparently that's just, what that's what I, that's one walk away take away from me another is if these were all um if these are all a- a- afghanistan american citizens brown people it's a terrorist they would have dropped a fucking bomb oh if they were all I black mean, yeah that's true they would have dropped a fucking bomb if they're all mexican dude they would have dropped but it's just it was so interesting and to me well, this, this was a takeaway why that response why that response because what was the media for the year leading up to it what do you mean all 
the I mean the media leading up to it all What's year interesting. was that the only people that rioted and looted were right. black people or exactly. people that were disenfranchised. And, and Trump was like and almost called, get a bunch called of, like a martial law. You get law. a bunch of white business owners right. that got to fly there on their own dime to Dude, support Trump. It, it was such a magnificent like uh, uh, spell that Trump casted on a certain type of people in America, his his supporters. It's just so interesting to me. Like to me, that is cut and dry. How could you not see that this is? You know, and I'm white. Um, I'm half white. I I identify as white when it's convenient, obviously. Like, you know, um, to, to raise my credit score. <laughs> right? Or to get out of a fucking ticket. Um, and I'm, his, I'm a Hispanic when it's convenient for me. Like, you know, when I want 50% off on some sort of, you know... Um, narcotic or something. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm like Tim Dillon right here. I'm bombing. Just oh, kidding. No. 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 But um, <laughs> it's so black and white to me that th- these this guys these people's pigmentation is what made this not terrorism, not an, an insurrection. People don't. It's 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 like it's up for interpretation whether or not it was an insurrection. And it's like so totally is. And it like we don't need to get into this, but it did happen in 2021. Kyle Rittenhouse. And I, I said this the day it happened. But if this guy was Akbar Muhammad, same thing happened. This guy would have been dead. His head would have been on a stick. It's just interesting to me how people... But do you understand... You know what see, I'm saying? That one, like that, that's, I, I almost just that wish he of, was Ma- Akbar Muhammad instead. I almost wish he was. You know, so... you know, Because you want a martyr. Well, no. He was a martyr. He was a martyr. I mean, he was the people's champ, you know, for a, for a demographic of people. And it's just so like, can we just admit to that? Like, I'm gaslit here when people don't want to admit to that. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, that's what's fascinating to me. Like, you know, Trump will call him like a a hero, but if he if if he was um, Javier Martinez, like, he wouldn't be called a hero. That to me is like the thing. That's like, I can't get past that. See, that's, I think a lot of that is fueled by, and this can be a low light of 2021 and probably a low light of the couple of years. It's it's a low light of, of the 2020s for sure. Is the, <clears throat> I mean, I guess well, I'm going to call it the digital integration, man, but we're just seeing this this digital media integration, I guess. But we're seeing this interconnectedness of real-time coverage, whether it be of what you would consider news, you know, be it pop culture, entertainment, sports, you know, big artists, bands, whatever. Uh, We're not only getting all of that nonstop, but we're also getting like everyday life from your average person's perspective nonstop uploaded to YouTube and the other parts of the internet, right? Whatever other social medias are being used. We're getting access to other people's lives in different ways through these yeah, reality social be, media being bended into like, fiction. These de- and yeah, entertainment. Yeah, man, and it's becoming this weird again, it we're we're put in these positions as human beings, especially Americans. Yes. And I think this is what's a part of our problem specifically, but we're put in these positions where so much of our day is consumed with work and the other portions of our day are consumed with what is necessity and convenience, Uh right? Food, shelter, movies, hanging out, loved ones, partying, whatever. Right. But we're all trying to, uh, we're all trying to just play this game. And while we're doing it, it, most of those that are consumed with that type of lifestyle, us, right. The average person, 
you know, there's only so much that we're going to take interest in. And for a lot of us, it's our hobbies. It's our, you know, the things that bring us joy and happiness and comfort. And for a lot of us, it's the complacent things, the being able to go home and have your six pack or whatever it is. Right. Um, either way, we're going to go to what calls to us in some way. And dude, I'm learning this now. Are you talking in about my process like, in life? Uh, the way that we media everything that we're consuming you're talking about our, our biases is right? meant to yeah, yeah yeah everything that we're consuming is meant to trigger some sort of emotional response i think people are calling it like a psychosis too but we're being so emotionally triggered and what i mean by that i don't I, mean is like someone saying calling I, me a, a he or a she I think or, it's the other I don't way mean around like that well listen hold on real quick i think that we're being so we're getting in information and we're being stimulated in such quick succession and so instantaneously. And a lot of those are negative or positive emotions to the nth degrees. You're either watching someone get beat up or watching someone save a puppy. It's not any of this relative or relevant information to you, right? Like, and I, this is a part of the argument with the social dilemma. If never saw it. I if wish I did. Oh, man. If we're, I think that was 2020, but also yeah. great. If we're building technology and developing technology to know what Nice Monroe wants and to feed you ads and mm -hmm. to feed you this digital world that you're going to accept and like and subscribe for yep. and immerse yourself in, why aren't we doing those for the things that people know that they need? Why aren't we doing those things for people's health, people's retirement, people's uh, well, we know why. connectivity? We know why, yeah. right? Because it's not convenient and it's not doesn't earn money and it doesn't increase the capitalistic gain and goal and all that, right? But right. to the flip side, we are building these things to feed off those emotional inputs. And like, again, a lot of it's negative. A lot of it is negative. And when you get these people that have this inclination to negativity for whatever reason and this weird inclination to like cult-like behavior and conspiracy-like behavior, you're going to get January 6th. You're going to... I, what boggles my mind about it is that people were surprised that that actually happened. Regardless of the, I, people were surprised that the George Floyd, I, I, Floyd riots happened, and I, it's like I wasn't. Yo, surprised. regardless if they're black or white, you're upsetting a group of people because of all the shit you're feeding them. Of course, they're eventually going to get angry. Of course, they're yeah. eventually going to go to the city hall. I mean, it happened in the olden times. People thought that they were witches, and oh my god, you're going to do what? And they, you're riling people up. It yeah. just so happens that now you're getting riled up while you're looking at your phone, your computer, you're talking to your friend, you're getting riled up you know, a dozen times before it's noon. Yeah. And it's like, people are surprised for, for that me, people I, are going, showing up at the Capitol. Like what are you talking for about? For me, what, what's happened? I, I don't know. Uh, maybe that not everybody feels this way, but there's, for me, it's the opposite. I'm not getting dopamine from this. I'm not getting titillated. It's not firing any synapses for me. And that's the problem. It is for people though. It is. But for, for me, and I think the more dangerous thing is the, the D, sense how do you say this desensitization word? yes like the desensitization <laughs> of that yeah you know, i was watching a, a bad uh zombie movie on netflix with my family and uh it was very violent and bloody and all this stuff and my daughter was like trembling she was like turn this off like i can't watch this and my son was just like the fuck is wrong with you bro? like this is fake difference? this is fake seven and 16 mm. and uh <laughs> My, you say I, that like that's not a big deal with and I, 11 no, years. My, no, totally. It's like seven or eight. <laughs> nine, but my, nine years and uh, imagination difference completely. What I was trying to tell my son is like, look, for you, this isn't scary. But for her, it is because she's not desensitized to this. You are. You know this is oh, fake. Oh, okay. She's not desensitized. She's seeing blood and guts. She's seeing a father ripped apart. And she's thinking, what if that happens to my father? 
the way that we, we all used to connect those dots, but See, we get des desensitized that to that. That desensitization is not good, though. It is not good. And I hear, because that's... And that's my point. There's so, also a difference So now, in, guess what? You know, uh, a commercial for Burger King next to the insurrection. They're both normalized. Or the fact that you were getting Krispy Kreme for getting the shot. Like, oh yeah, the shit like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. But and hear me that, out. That hear right me out. there, to me, is super, it's, we're past dangerousness. But that's a dangerous, that's, that's kind of a, I get what you're saying there, but there's a difference. That, so when you're like, why aren't people surprised? No, no, the no, people listen. who were surprised, I just think weren't desensitized to but it. But that's different. And the only reason I say that is seven-year-old desensitized isn't the same as being desensitized as as 30 let me explain when you're seven you're still forming like what reality is and your imagination is really running wild your son being 16 knows understandably the 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 realness of like death and life right seven that's still kind of foggy man you know you, you may not be there sure. right it is abstract zombies reality yeah. people having weird viruses your son knows zombies aren't real you know sure. it's not real like i understand that you put a child in that environment constantly, that desensitization becomes uh, DMX. You know, DMX saw a lot of crazy shit when he was younger. Yeah. A lot, we hear this a lot in hip hop because it's just, yeah. unfortunately, but you know, a lot of kids see Dahmer had beat and molested. You see kids that are put in situations that often that they may become desensitized to create complete psychopaths. It can happen. Being 30 and understanding that, and what a point. zombie is and then just seeing a bunch of like snuff films, you it's become okay. desensitized to like the snuff, but you or like still playing have Call that, of Duty. You should still have that wherewithal. See, I don't like that either. You should still have the wherewithal it's all to media, know though. I'm playing a game. This is fake. I go to this game for a release or an outlet. That's a lot different than me having a frustration emotional release on a real person with a gun i'm an adult and i have other ways of expressing that and maybe it does come from just mental illness but i, I don't understand why people are surprised by the fact that they actually showed up and were willing to do this when it's like wh what do you expect they're not desensitized it's not that they don't understand between the it's like they don't understand between right and wrong it's not that they're desensitized they just want to go and have their voices and their shit be heard because all they know is they have to stay inside their house and you know they can't go out without a mask or they can't go out you know because they're just they're, again they're just getting bullshit through the media they just want to go out and express themselves and they're doing so in idiotic ways because they're fucking stupid people but they're surprised at the fact that people actually showed up like of course they're going to show up I don't think anybody was surprised that they showed up. You know, I think for me, the shock, the surprise was how is this happening? How has this not been regulated, stopped? Where like there should have been where, more law enforcement for sure that day. That's what that movie's about. Like you've seen the, the law enforcement that have been that were there for hours that are just fatigued and like just trying to keep a door closed. And the reality of that and how these people that were like Trump like chills were not empathetic to like the blue lives that day, right? Blue lives Oh, which matter. is funny and ironic. Super fucking ironic. Yeah. And like that to me is the, that's where it's like, how do you not see that? Because you're mesmerized under the spell of, of Trump who doesn't care about you today and never did. And they don't see that irony. And it's just deeply fascinating to well, me. What that, do you think causes people to not see those things? That's like where, I see I'm, I'm dumb. Confirmation by bias is part of it, part of the pie is this guy saying the thing that he's saying the thing out loud that I'm thinking in private and he's my beacon for that. I love that. Um, and I think 
the difference the difference is from reality, the difference a hundred percent i love people but i'm not gonna and trump capitalizes on that he knows like he'll say you know dude if if the red hat wasn't the right call he would have picked the blue hat oh you know yeah. like oh he he'll, said it, he'll yeah. pick has he like He'll he said pick, in the he's 80s a winner. He like would, he'll he pick whatever run, works. In like '94, he said he would probably run Republican there because it is. they're the most. But like the Trump shills, kind of like don't see that, right? They choose to omit that. Like it's the same thing, like in religion, right? People pick the verses that they like, mm. right, and they omit the ones that are not convenient or mm. conducive to their uh, lifestyle. So it's like that kind of hypocrisy to me is like stunning. Like as that was happening in the moment. I was just like, it didn't feel real. I remember specifically tuning in, being like, "What's happening?" Like, I know some shit's gonna go down. I how do could, we? How do we? How are we, like? I remember we were at work and we had them on these tablets that we have. Like, we had TV on the tablets, and I was just like, "Well, we're putting this channel on because he said he was having a fucking rally. He's having a rally on the day they're supposed to fucking certify the fucking election, yeah. and he said he's gonna have a rally. Shit's gonna go down, one hundred percent. So let me see what's happening, and like." When they were like, they're fucking busting into the... I remember running out of the office and being like, they're doing what? Wow. And like looking at it and being like, of course they are. Of course they are. It was so... Of course this is the fucking... It felt silly. Not like as traumatic as it should have been, but it was traumatic. And I think that's part of my being desensitized, you know, was that. It did. It felt almost like, what now? What's going to happen tomorrow? Um, but dude, I felt the yeah, same way. Yeah, what's on the next the, episode? We, me and exactly, yeah, me yeah. and Matt, we watched, uh, we webcammed and watched the riots in Minnesota after George Floyd, yeah. and like saw the police. We were like, that is a fucking police station on fire. That is real shit. And people are walking around. We were watching the unicorn. There's like a unicorn podcast or so. It's called something. It's yeah. real big out there. And we were watching him. He's going around interviewing people. We were making jokes about nobody wearing masks. We were yeah. like, or and wearing masks. We were like, what is people are wearing masks? And it's all, to a it's, riot? All just, it's all what just turned this? into like, content. Yeah. It, it, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I absorbed it. Right. I was that's almost we all like, I was watching. Dude, that analogy of like, what's on the next episode is great because it's almost like I was watching a TV show and that's his, the way, like figuring out the plot. That's the way Truman Show ends. It's like, oh great, he he escaped and uh, what's on next? That's the way that movie ends characters are literally like they change the channel cool give me the next thing after all that that was his life that was truman's life and then for people it was just a commodity they just ate it it was that's they all change it was. the channel at the end yep at the Did end they they're really? like what else is on that's the last line of the movie and that has that it's you know people are saying like oh that's a documentary right like um and that's what inside was about you know was that yeah. and and i felt let me just say um tim dylan's not funny but also um <laughs> I, I was very interested to see what stand-up comics thought about Lord Burnham's inside. Because oh, to me, it was the most brilliant. And I don't throw the word genius around. I don't throw that word. That's not in my vocabulary. But it was genius. And I wanted to know what stand-ups had to say. Because he's kind of roasting stand-ups in the, in the, in the, in the movie. I call it a movie. And he even roasts Joe Rogan in it. If you see it, like the Easter eggs are there uh, where he's kind of teabagging Rogan. And I'm like, I would love to hear Rogan talk about Inside because it's so not up his alley, but it's so fucking high art. But I heard Tim Dillon talk about it. And he was like, I couldn't finish it. It wasn't funny. Mm. I didn't get it. And I'm like, you don't have a talented bone in your body. And this is what you're saying? I was like, ugh. Further, like, did not help me. And I tried to give Tim Dillon a chance because I want to know what the, I, I like knowing what the kids are into. And I, and I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I just can't. I tried See, so hard. I think that's part of. I think that's a part of that. That's a movie and that we're going to be referencing for the next ten years. Great movie. 
Bo Burnham is a special genius, comedy sure. special, whatever you want to call he it. He is he's a special comic, and that's where I think the world. And this is dude. You know, there's a podcast about everything. First of all, that's kind of depressing. Second of all, it's also <laughs> like really, really bleak to look at the fact that there's a podcast about everything and nobody really cares. Nobody really gives a shit about anything or any anybody. And yet everybody and everything, there's a podcast about it. And that's right. It That's right. In these realms, and we happen to be, I think, in the world that the certain comics and content that we listen to kind of intera- interact, right? And... Of course, people are going to expect Tim Dillon to watch Bo Burnham, right? Okay. Uh, probably just for the fact that it is a really good. I would I would encourage anybody to watch it just well, for the it, sake it, of watching it as a as a documentary of this dude who's a comic being cooped up right. in 2020. Like you should just watch it for that. It's a really interesting take. Well, if you're a comic, you <clears> want <throat> to know what other comics are doing, right? Not necessarily. No, I, I mean, don't like think, if, if, I don't think if Rogan drops be... a special, everyone's going to see it. If see, if Chappelle, Chappelle dropped a special in 2021, everybody saw it. I think that's the expectation. I think comedians, Check like the, the 10,000 comedians that exist in America, Listen if, to this. they're all going to watch that special. Don't Listen. you think? I think the expectation is there. It's like a fighter now, watching another fighter. And, no, and a, no. And interestingly enough, a lot of fighters don't watch other fighters. So interesting. I don't know why that is, but bad example then. Um, well, I, I mean, I think it's because that's a that's an individualistic, artistic mentality. Like you know, maybe Kanye probably listens to artists. I think but he listens. He doesn't to listen to all hip hop. No, man. No, I don't no, think no, so. No, no, no. He's. I think he He's at the point where I he think has. When his Lil taste. Wayne drops a record, Kanye's heard it. Yeah, because he probably really likes Lil Wayne. Yeah, and I think Bo Burnham. I don't think and, Bo and this Burnham might be a generational this thing. Is, yeah, I don't think they're in the same. I don't, first of all, I don't think they're in the same personal sphere or professional sphere, sphere of influence where they don't really interact. If he was his friend, yeah, he'd watch who, it. Who, 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 Bo who? Burnham and Tim Dillon. Okay. If oh, they yeah, were yeah, friends, yeah. he'd watch it, of course. Sure. Right? But I don't think they're in the same sphere. And I don't think. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't think Tim Dillon. The only reason Tim Dillon watched it and gave his opinion on it, and people are And didn't about finish it, it, by the way. Okay, what if he did that in the privacy of his own home, and then one day you were just talking? I mean, nobody knew about it, though, and then one day you happened to meet Tim Dillon. Oh, what would you think about that, man? Kind of hard to have an opinion on something you didn't finish, though. It's so, like, whack. It's so, like, you are not an authority. It just didn't speak to him. My point here here is it didn't speak to him, And his criticism was it wasn't funny. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's a pot calling the kettle black. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. And I understand that because it's it's more dramatic than it is funny, right? There's some comedic bits yeah. in there, but yeah. it's it's really not trying to be... more artistic than anything. It's Absolutely. like dramatic and funny and right. fucking sad. Sad. Like, it's definitely sad. Yeah. It's, you know, you, you do hit a lot of these emotions and it's not a fucking knee slapper the whole time. I, I want to talk about my experience watching Inside because guess how many times I've seen it? How many? Take a guess. Let's say three. I've watched it 50 plus times. I saw it 10 times in like the first week. And this was before he dropped his album, the album inside the songs on Spotify. So like the only way I could hear it was to watch it on Netflix, right? And uh, I'm on vacation with my family, summer vacation. And uh, I knew his, re- his uh, special was gonna come out because he basically retired after his last special in 2016. So the fact that he made one, I was like, whoa, this is a big deal. This is like Quentin Tarantino making a movie to me. Yeah. Uh, not that I hold him that high, but it's just like this guy retired. He came out of retirement. I'm going to make some noise for that. I'm in my hotel, and I'm watch- I see half the first half, and I think this is fucking genius. It's the first time you saw it. First time I saw it. I was like, fucking wow, this is brilliant. There's an intermission. So I thought, I'm going to take a break here, and I'll finish this later. I did some things. I come back to it later. It's nighttime now, and I'm like, I'm going to finish this. 
After the intermission, this special, I'm getting chills, this special takes a turn and it becomes hopeless and nihilistic and, and it kind of, the, the, the thesis is really like, I give up. Like, we all got swallowed alive by the internet. It's yes, over. Yes, yeah. It's a giant tap out. And uh, nobody's ever going to win ever because tomorrow someone's going to win again. And it's going to be a bigger and a better win. And or, also win nothing. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, like it, all, all you're winning, it goes back to the non-tangible uh, currencies that are, of the future. But yeah, yeah, it all comes back to this, like, you're receiving something on a screen that's boosting you emotionally and whatever, right. giving you your stimulation and your dopamine fix right. for... 15 minutes right but then it all goes away unless you now fucking invest your time and your energy into recreating that feeling but a lot of people don't know how to recreate that feeling right either, and right? so you think you're recreating it by getting more thumbs ups or likes yep online but the only people who are winning are jeff bezos <laughs> and mark zuckerberg etc etc the lizards right yep. um or the people that are capitalizing off of you using the fucking Facebook and the Instagram and the whatever tools you're using. A couple times when I first saw the special, the first time, I fucking cried. Oh, wow. And I was, it was like having a bad drug trip where I felt like I'm watching the end of the world. Like it felt like that to me. And uh, I, I applaud this guy for having the balls to say that and not pulling any of his punches and doing it alone and filming it all on one camera by himself and just how difficult that is. No, nobody else can do that. Like Dave Chappelle can't do that. I don't know if Dave Chappelle knows what shutter speed is, ISO, white balance. Maybe he does, but um, a lot of credit there. But basically the thesis of what he's saying is a conversation nobody wants to fucking have. And that's what comedians are supposed to do. Say these things that are taboo and, and try to uh, wake people up and tell them, you know, tell this is what Bill Hicks did. You know, like, y'all, you're all sheep. You're all asleep. You know, wake the fuck up. Um, and I think people love Tim for that. They think he's that. And maybe he is that for some, for some people. But um I don't find him funny. Um, to me, like, get Tim and, like, three other dudes and call it The View. And, that, <laughs> and that's really where he belongs. And I know he oh, no. I kind of parod parodies those, those sentiments. But that show, that special, that movie, um, I've seen it 50-plus times. I think it's perfect. Was I that think, your movie of 2021? Yeah, it was. Oh, wow. Um, oh, absolutely it was. <laughs> okay. I mean, it, it was, I think it's um, – and this is, like, as premature as it gets. But it, it's happened. Like, uh, when B My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy came out in 2010 – I was like, this is album of the decade. The decade just started. Um, when The Social Network, the movie, directed by David Fincher, came out in 2010, I was like, this is going to be one of the top 10 movies of the decade. Sure enough, when that decade closed up in 2019, it was. Those things were on my list. They still hold up. It was like they were made yesterday. I feel the same thing about Inside. Like, when 2029 comes along, I'm going to be saying Inside's the, one of the most important things that came out for our culture. Um, and it's crazy because it's, it's essentially... And he says it in his, in the first two minutes of the special, like it's, it's essentially just content. It's just content, man. You know, and now everything's just content and, uh, he won't be it's, talking about this shit in 10 years. No, well, maybe he will. I, I don't know. I but mean, he will in the, in, in the retrospect dude, of like what it meant. Where are we going to be great... in 10 years? There's, there's the metaverse now. Like, dude, yeah. it's fucking over. It's, it's crazy. We are in that. It is over, man. And I, and I accepted it as I was watching the special of like, there's no hope. It's over. No doubt, my favorite movie of 2021 was Don't Look Up. Even though it came out so late, it. It, oh, Dude, you it's haven't so seen polarizing. It? I know, like the people that I respect, like you and like two of my other friends, love it. Whoa! And there are so many people who fucking hate it, who are like, "This is the worst movie of all time." Oh, that's and because I'm like, they don't, they don't, they so, don't understand that that's exactly what's happening. 
they so don't that's understand what that is. That that's, that's exactly what that is. It's that energy. Oh, it's it, it. Tell me about it, please. You're not going to ruin it for me. I love Adam McKay. I loved his last two movies. It's. He's created classics. This director. Fucking what was what what his other two? He has done Talladega Nights. Okay. The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Yeah. He's done Anchorman, I believe. Oh, he did both those. Yeah. He, he he did um, Step Brothers. Okay. All right, great. So you're yeah. like, okay, he's that guy, yeah. but he did The Big Short. Did you ever see that? Yeah, of course. He did Vice, where Christian Bale played. Yeah. Dick Vice Cheney. is one of my favorite. Oh love no, 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 Vice. I, no, no! I'm thinking Inherent Vice. I did not see. Oh, Vice, I love Inherent but Vice. But Inherent Vice is great. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, he, he so lately he's been doing like these political movies. Yeah. That are essentially, what, okay. from what I hear, very left. But I fuck with that because he he's he's saying he's wearing his politics on his sleeve, and he's saying, "Fuck you." This is what it is. It's it, not even that it's left. It's like, well, okay. Vice was very left. It's from the perspective of, like, it is left because it's a meteorologist. She or whatever. Not, uh, she's fucking in space, looking at space. Astronomer, doing something. Uh, and she finds a fucking comet and it's dope. And all of a sudden they realize that they're, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is the lead scientist and he maps the trajectory and it's going to hit Earth. Yeah. And they're like, yo, this is when it's hitting. And we only have time really to try to construct a way, but there's no certainty in like, it's, it's catastrophic. We don't really know how to like position this but we need to tell the president of the united states and the rest of the world somehow and yeah. so they just try to tell the president and, it's and is it like chick- no one's taking them seriously oh yeah yeah, yeah. nobody gives a shit no everyone's yeah. like oh yeah well okay fine cool and then there's the jeff bezos character who's like oh i'm gonna build a it's actually modeled after steve jobs for sure maybe jeff bezos maybe both. who plays him i don't know i can't i forget uh i thought for a second that it was um i thought it was jared leto for a second but i don't think it is okay um but uh, anyways, so he's like, I'm going to devise this plan and we're going to blow the comet up into a bunch of little comets. It'll be great. But the only reason he wants to do that is because he can mine the comet for minerals. Of course. There's and a capitalistic so, game. And, a, and everybody believes it and trusts him and puts faith in him and goes on living their life as if nothing's going to happen because the Steve Jobs right. has an answer and is going to fix everything. Right. And yet Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence are over here going, yo, what are you uh it's no 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 you don't understand we're all gonna die and it's not like we're all gonna die and it's gonna be fine we get to turn back on no we're gonna die it's death it's like the end of the world it's gonna kill the planet it's a planet killer like and everyone's just like oh it'll be fine bro it'll be fine and then leonardo dicaprio gets caught into it and starts having an affair with a newscaster and like gets into that whole thing and uh jennifer lawrence for whatever reason even though she's a brilliant scientist and understands that the end of the world is coming is really fixated on this one particular incident that happened in the movie and it's not even like a it's not even like a relevant part to the movie Uh but there's like a climax portion where shit's getting serious and all she can think about is how this guy reacted to her and it's Mm -hmm. like oh yeah the smartest person in the world yeah could be just completely fixated on pettiness fixated on something that doesn't even fucking matter yeah and yet yeah. everybody has all this faith that it's going to be the right answer and it's this and it's that someone will save us somebody will fucking save yeah. us yeah. and it'll be all okay at the end it's not my problem right. is the gist of that movie and the not whole my f- problem and the the hashtag Sorry. don't look up becomes a thing because they're trying to save the people and people don't want to be saved and they're like, it's just a propaganda to try to get us to invest in the corporations to save us, bro. We don't need to be saved. Don't look up. Ah, and it becomes this whole fucking thing. 
And this is this is nihilistic as fuck. Spoiler alert. No, please. Do you care? Guess what? Do your listeners care? Oh, I don't give a fuck. Tell me. Watch it. It's on Netflix. If you don't have a Netflix subscription in 2021, fuck you. Fast forward two minutes. Fast forward two minutes because I'm going to drop it and it's going to be over. Are you ready for this? Yes. Yes. Comet hits the earth and everybody dies. Really? Yeah. And it shows it. Fucking hits. World blows up. I see. That's the thing. I don't think people are going to like that. I cried. Wow. Because you didn't expect that. I mean, Even though the sh- the movie told you the whole time this was going to happen, in, a minute and forty five in of a minute and fifty minute movie, I'm going, oh, the world's going to end. There, this is wow. I see what's going on here, and that's why I loved it. It's like, oh, they're yeah. fucking with us. This movie is a f- they're fucking with us. Everybody dies. It's nobody likes a movie with a bad ending. It's very rare that you see a movie yeah, with a bad ending where the killer lives, unless it's a horror movie. But if it's like a right. classic movie, I can think of as The Departed. Oh, the movie right. was great, but the ending sucked. Why did the ending suck? Right. Because fucking Everybody Leonardo dies. DiCaprio got his fucking head blown off at the yeah. end. Because I thought that was fucking great. Especially when I Marky Mark, who had the yeah. funniest joke of the whole movie, gets the last laugh. And it's irrelevant yeah. to the entire movie you What's just the funniest watched. joke of the whole movie? Uh, For you. Uh, when he, Leonardo DiCaprio's talking to him and the police chief. Yeah. And he goes, uh, how's your mother? <laughs> or no, he, go, he asks yeah, yeah. Uh, Marky Mark something. And he goes, maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Maybe go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. fuck your mother. He tells him to fuck his mother one time. Yeah, and yeah, just, yeah. I just thought it was like... No, I thought that was like a great part of the movie. And then yeah. to have him be the one that gets the last laugh at the end, you're like, what the fuck was that? Like, I could see why people are disappointed because you're invested in either Matt Damon or Leonardo right. DiCaprio the whole movie. But yeah. they both are idiots. Like, I'm going right. to tell you at the end of it. <laughs> like, and right. like people don't like the bad endings. I, I like that shit because yeah. it, that's where I'm like, oh, not everything's a fucking fairy tale. That's right. where my realism. The, the movie can't pull its punches. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And on this one, it, like, I see that. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I, I'm not so spoiler alert my no that's not that, that's great no, yeah. no no my spoiler alert i'm gonna make a youtube show with the podcast and it's gonna be called not surprised oh, and sweet. it's gonna be about how i'm just not surprised that shit's going on fuck that's why the end of this movie didn't surprise me because like of yeah. course they're just gonna end with the world ending yeah because that's where we're at we're at a point where if they were to tell us that would you have faith in and that's just it they all have faith in like steve jobs that he's gonna do this right and he gets his fucking ship up there and it expands and all the mini fucking ships get on the comet but all of them start failing and they're all like in the fucking in the houston of the amazon company and this company makes tvs and makes shit and all of a sudden they're gonna make a bomb to blow up a comet right and everyone's sitting in the fucking in the control room watching all these pods fail on the comet and the engineers start leaving Oh, I got to go talk to my wife. I got to get out of here. I'm going to yeah. go say bye to my kids. Yeah. Everyone's got all of a sudden their problems that they got to deal with. Yeah. And the yeah. dude's just watching it and they're just like, oh, wow. Timothy Chalamet? Uh, Dune? What up? No, was that him in the movie that you're talking about? Does Jared Leto Don't guy? look up? I don't think so. Because he's in that movie. Is he? He is, yeah. What does he do? I don't know. You, you told me I didn't see it. Oh, shit. But I know he's in it. Oh, no, 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 no. He's Jennifer Lawrence's love interest. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He's Jennifer Lawrence's love interest okay. and he's hilarious. And okay. I know you don't like him. I know you didn't like King. No, I, I didn't like Dune. Or but, King. Um, King? King was great. Yeah, we talked about King. That was the movie. That was me. Yeah, it was. You told me it was stupid. You went off on me on Facebook, and I thought that you were King? outrageous. What's this? It's the movie. It was like straight to Netflix a couple years back, where he is like, he's the prince, and he takes over. His father dies, and it's him and Robert Pattinson. And I was like, Yo, what did you no, think about that wasn't King? Me. No, that wasn't me. I've never heard of this. Maybe it's not called King. Do you know what I'm talking about, though? Him and Robert Pattinson. No, yeah, Robert cool. Pattinson. <laughs> oh, bro, it, I, it's a great fucking movie. And I asked you about it. I'm not on Facebook, and I don't want to have no, to no, pull this up need, and uh, fact check you on this. God I damn think, it! I think Timothy Chalamet was in something called like the last. No, not the last Kingdom. It was something like something Kingdom or Dark Kingdom or no, some it was shit like the that. The King. 
The King? Oh, yeah, okay. dude. And you didn't like it, did you? I never saw it. I've never heard of this. So I don't know if that was me. Oh, man, dude. I could have... Because I was like, bro, this is a great movie. You're I the guy that, I go I, to with movies because I just... I know you're into them. Yeah, and yeah. Like, you're, the, you're the god of movies, right? And so when I see... When I have a good movie, I'm always interested in your opinion because you're, you're up there too. You're up there with like your opinion on movies and I'm just like, that's an interesting one. Like, I didn't really like The Social Network. Okay. I didn't really like that much at all, but... That movie fucked up an entire generation of Dude, entrepreneurs. You never saw The King? It's called The King. No, I never saw it. Dude, so he's just like this real young prince and his dad dies and he has to Who's take the dad? throne. I don't fucking don't know, remember. bro. But it's... F- I wouldn't have talked shit about it. Even though I don't love Timothy Chalamet. But um, he's grown up. He grew on me on Dune. I liked him in Dune. Even though that that's like a third of a movie. It's not a full movie. I, I don't know how to... I don't know how anybody... Story. Yeah, it's a third. It's a third of a movie. Well, that's the point. I it, think they're making four, three or four. Three, however many. To me, like, uh, you know, it just didn't satisfy me at all. Nor did I think it was like special. Um, yeah, I'm happy it made money and people like it. People, it really connected with people. I felt bad last time I was here to record. Um, you were like, "Oh, Becca, I love Dune," and I was like, "I don't love it." And then she was like, "That's cool, man." And I was like, oh, "Fuck." <laughs> I was did like, you see her last I ruined time you were this. Here? I ruined this friendship. Um, yeah, I saw her. She was just chilling in the living yeah. room. Yeah. yeah. Um, Didn't love Dune, but uh, he's in Don't Look Up, apparently. I'm trying to think of this Jared Leto person, because I know, uh, what's his name? Tyler Perry's in there as well. Tyler Perry's one of the newscasters. I'm trying to think of some of the other dudes. Must be some actor I don't know. Here, let me, uh, let me, let me. I couldn't tell, and he clearly had a lot of makeup on, but. Uh, English actor, American actor? Uh, I mean, he, he was English in the movie. You know, nowadays I can't mm-hmm, tell, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'll tell you who it was right now. Oh, maybe Chris Evans. It might have been Chris Evans. Was it? That must have been a cameo. Rec- then. I don't recognize Chris is that Chris Evans' character or him being. I don't recognize him being in the movie. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Chris Hemsworth. Is that who you're thinking of? No, no, no. I'm looking at the cast. Oh no, it was. Uh, uh, Mark Rylance was Mark the guy Rylance. I'm thinking of was the Steve Jobs guy. Yeah, I don't know who Chris Evans was. Who was Chris Evans? Was he in that movie? He says he was. Yeah, I'm looking at the cast right now. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it so. I've been dying to watch it. I just it's know it's really very polarizing. Good, dude. It's good. It's not though. It's just it's a. It laughs at both sides. It laughs at the yeah. censorship, the left, and it laughs at the fucking don't the th- tread on me, the right. Like the, it laughs the, on both. The thing about um, I think that's why it's triggering is it's because people don't like anything that has right. a political take. You know. Yeah, because they all think they're all taking sides. They're all like, right. Oh, here's where I'm at now after these two years, but and you what, finally what decided have, your mask or no mask, right. and now there's a movie that pokes fun at everybody, and oh, all of a sudden it's like doesn't jive. What I've heard through the zeitgeist is that it's sort of this allegory for climate change, right? Because there are people who still deny it, and it's like, if we don't do something now, it could end our civilization. Maybe not the planet, but end humankind. And so, Oh, I, no, they called this the planet killer in the movie. Right. So and it does. It shatters the We're planet. killing our planet right now, right? So yeah. I, I think... That's what I've heard is like it's oh, sort of an allegory of you that. Could, you could it could be an allegory for anything and everything. Sure. Yeah, climate yeah. change, uh, the political climate. Yeah. Uh, because we got we stop communicating with other countries throughout the fucking movie, and the other countries start devising plans that they're going to try to save the planet, mm. but they cut off their communications and resources with us, and it becomes this thing where it's like, at one point you realize, oh, there's not going to be this like treaty that we because it's the end of the world. It's like there's not going to be this cool treaty that 
China and the U.S. are going to make in 10 years when it's been enough right. and there's been enough life lost and enough drain on the economies right. where there's going to be a peace treaty and everything's going to be okay and they're going to rebuild a bridge and a friendship. Yeah. No, it's the end of the world. And now China's not telling us what they're planning on doing to save themselves and to do for their people. Yeah. And nobody's communicating and it becomes this weird like it's a real glimpse of every possible outcome that we could probably deceive yeah. during our lifetimes. Did you ever watch The Mist with Thomas of Jane? Of course I did. That ending is Another like, one movie that people hated because of yeah, the ending? That, dude, I think about that ending all the time and uh, that's my biggest fear as a parent. Everybody wants to die in their sleep but a lot of times that's not the case. If you think about it. Everybody wants to go peacefully. <laughs> I don't know. You know? I, I know some people and who want to go out in a blaze of glory. True, true, Yeah, true. You know, but I mean, when people think about it getting old and dying, nobody, what I mean by that is nobody wants to die of like cancer. Nobody wants to go out yeah. in pain or suffering. Right. Like if we can all be of old age and we go out in our bed right. at night while that's we're asleep, that's the best way, right? right? That's the perfect. When you think about maybe your own mortality, people are like, oh, yeah, one day I'm going to die. If they quick think about it, yeah. they think about dying in their bed when they're old. Dude, I've had nightmares of, of like the cartels at my house. Yep. I have a revolver. I know they're going to fucking sex traffic my yourself? kids. I have to do it myself. Yeah. Okay. And, well, that's heavy. And it's heavy, but that's like, real heavy. I know, I, 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 know I would do it. <laughs> I would do it, man. My big fear is just like you just—that's a great comic. It's setup. fucked up, but it's true. Like I, I would just want to like shoot my kids in the back of the head so they don't see it that, coming. That, that look out to the sunrise. Yeah, I mean it's fucking dark and it's gross and terrible. Spoiler for the mist, but um, that's my biggest fear. I'd rather die of cancer. I'd rather have I'd rather have tumors coming out of my fucking eyeballs. Seriously, that's a fucking great joke because I could see like a Key and Peele sketch show. Yeah, like someone explaining that, and then like someone knocks on your door, but the comedic timing of it is that you oh, think yeah. it's the cartel, and you go oh, and you yeah. kill your kids because you're just looking for a way to kill your kids. Seriously, <laughs> for an excuse to kill your kids. You're just, yeah, there you they're go. They're here, pop, pop, uh, and it's like UPS. <laughs> you flip that. You flip that into a positive. Yeah, I like that. Um, oh, well, that's a positive. You know, uh, I remember that's my Tim Dillon take. I'll call it. <laughs> speaking of uh, like movies with dark endings, uh, when Infinity War came out, I remember that theater like you could have heard a, a pin drop. Oh yeah. yeah, and I loved it. I was like, finally, a movie with balls. Even though you knew they were all coming back, it's whatever. But I loved that it stuck the landing and had the balls to be like, "Yep, we did that." I I loved that, you know. But I think I don't know how people felt like if they didn't like that ending. Like, oh, I saw Spider Man die. To me, it's like, yeah, people fucking die, you know? Um, I'm okay with that. One of my favorite movies from one of my favorite directors, even though he's problematic. Uh, did you ever see Melancholia with yeah. uh, Kirsten? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Don- Kirsten uh, That's Kirsten my Dunn. sister's favorite movie. Shout out to Jack. Oh, of course. she would. That would be her favorite movie. One of her favorites. Um, the world ends in that movie. Yeah. And, the, and they showed it in the beginning. They're like, yeah, a thing's going to come. And that's the way the movie ends. Like, a planet comes and bumps into Earth and we die. And it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> for some people man like they don't like that and i get it because there's a difference between movies and films i know it's super pre- pretentious but people want to be entertained you know people want to be like wow ooh, odd but if you give them art you know and it makes them think they don't want to think is it frustrating that that entertainment value is coming from uh, just about anything nowadays, not just movies or film, not just these. It was these frustrating things that take for me effort. for years. Like, I, I, people find entertainment and amusement in watching like stupid TikToks, bro. I know. Like, there's brain dumb shit out there. I'm and aware. As a as a content creator, I mean, you have your niche and you fucking. I retired the word content creator why? from my vocabulary. Oh, from your from for you? Yeah, I just no. I don't want to make like diapers that are going to be in a junkyard somewhere. You know what I mean? Like that's what content is. You know, like. 
See, I, I, I don't want to call content, myself a content When creator. I think of content, I think it's of like being like a plastic digital, creator. I think of formatted. Yeah, I know. I don't want to call it that anymore. It's a dirty word. Oh, you're equating what you make to diapers being, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I like I don't want to create plastic, red plastic cups. For, that's what I do. It's just going to be everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Even though... But see, that's just it, man. How do you... I had to accept this, wouldn't it man. Suck, wouldn't it suck if Quentin Tarantino made all these films, but nobody ever got to see him? Like, he put all this time and effort into making Inglorious Bastards. See, I don't... I don't know, man. Like, I feel like... Do you think he's just making the movie to make the movie? I mean, you have to, right? You're um, Quentin Tarantino. You're the best. You're, you're, you're... Making the movie just for, you know... No, because movies don't exist in a vacuum, you know? They're meant to be seen. And if um, if a solar flare happened and all the digital, like YouTube, Google, all the servers went down, you could still watch Inglorious Bastards because it was shot on film. Right, right, All right. you need is light. Yeah. All you need is a light bulb to go through the film and you can watch it on a wall or wherever. Like, yeah. that's, that's, what's the, that's the power of film. Um, but a lot of things aren't made um, on film, right? And I'm not trying to say that film is art and everything else isn't art. Um, I think you can still make very good, compelling digital art, and it's just as valuable as film or art, whatever. Um, there's compelling TikToks that are out there. I'm in this group on TikTok. Uh, I'm sure you're like in group chats, right? I'm in a, this group where we just send each other like cinematic TikToks. And it's like, look at this. This is like the best movie of the year, but it's a TikTok. Yeah. And people put so much effort and like production value into it. And it's incredible. And it's done vertically. Like it's still a valid art form, you know, like that's okay. Film, when I was growing up, was the only game in town. And now everything is competing for that. Yeah. Sleep yeah. is competing for your attention today. So I, I've mor- I've mourned it, I've grieved it, I've let uh, it go. I'm not mad about it anymore. It's what it is, and it's it's been dead for a while. You've come to terms with reality. Yeah, yeah I had to real fast. I had to. It, it sucked, but um, so I'm okay with it. You know, I I'm okay with it. What uh, I mean, I would say your passion for for movies mimics mine for music. Beautiful. Uh, you know, I, I'll listen to an album ten times. So so you know the snobbiness that comes with that of like. Yeah. Oh, the Foo Fighters yeah. recorded this thing on vinyl and they pressed it. And so the fidelity is at a higher bit rate of blah, blah, blah. And today now everybody's recording stuff on Pro Tools and Logic and the fidelity is not there. And you put it on Spotify and then there, it takes 10,000 streams to make one cent. And then the, you know, but like the bit rate that you hear it, you don't hear everything. And, you know, the snobbiness that comes with music production. Right. And it's like, but the trade is not everything's going to be downward spiral. Right. Like. The trade is now anybody can make music, and that could be a good thing. There's a lot more garbage out there, a lot more yeah, trash. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. now there's acts that you would have never heard that now, because you can have a studio in your pocket that now you can hear that is valuable and meaningful and beautiful. And that's that's not everything. That's not all of it. It's the it's the 1% of the art, but now there's more of it, and I think that's a good thing. I, I think that's macro a good thing. There's just more noise, and now it's harder for us to rummage through the noise, but that is the onus on us, right? Um, thank God. I love the Spotify radio, you know, where it's like, I like this song. Let me hear the radio version of it. And that's where I find artists that are like similar to a certain sound that I like. But have you ever got into one where the algorithm hasn't made a radio for it yet? <laughs> I don't think I have actually. Yeah. yeah. You can go to some like low level. I mean, I've, I'll, you'll be surprised. I've been, to, I've listened to like some hip hop groups that are in like maybe the hundred hundreds of thousands of like plays in total, you know, no radio nothing for crazy. Them. Yeah. Wow, I mean, you sense. might get a song where it says, yeah. A station has not been been created yet, and I'm wow. like, is this a? But the radio stations are algorithms. It's just I didn't know, know that. That, are, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah, but anyways, speaking of music, Donda, what was your what was your takeaway? Kanye, in of itself, 
the idea that Kanye had like a 2021 that is one to be remembered is probably unfortunate because he got divorced and he seemed to have been just it's just under, about going through almost. under everybody's everybody's fucking magnifying glass in one way or another but yeah. I mean I was he, he got the hype behind him he did you know he got his he did a show with fucking Drake <clears throat> apparently went yeah. off I didn't really pay it, much attention to it it looked beautiful yeah it looked good the but, video was amazing um, but I mean being being Kanye fans Kanye fans that we are how, how'd you feel I about think it? Kanye is oh well first let's put a pin in that because I was going to say Kanye's the Elon Musk right of musicians um, why does everybody hate Elon Musk like you know how people are like fuck the billionaires eat the rich like fuck uh, Elon Musk is hosting SNL roll my eyes like what what, what did he do wrong like what does he do like is he went it, on Rogan <laughs> that's probably it right I mean think about it yeah that's probably it dude there's there's this there's this like I, I can't it's hard for me to reaction find hate people. for him there's this innate reaction within people to go against the grain the minute somebody hits a certain level of like being in your face and you hear someone go oh Elon Musk again you go right. oh, I know right Elon Musk and you don't even yeah. know why you're doing it you just know someone's tired of Elon Musk that's yay after they were just hyped on him yeah that's, and that's yay. dude that's where a lot of people are at a lot of people don't know why shit's hyped up and then hated to begin with. Like people right. get into things when people start hating it. Like, What's an example this, of that? There's this great subreddit called, um, it's called, uh, uh, fuck, it's not explained to me like I'm five, but it's, yeah. oh, out of the loop. Oh, okay. And someone will come in there and go, yo, why does everybody hate Elon Musk? Yeah, yeah. And like the best explanation gets upvoted and a lot yeah, of, of course, times of course, it's like, yeah. Everyone hates Elon Musk because he's a businessman and the capitalistic nature of his endeavors right. seems to alienate certain people. Yeah, and they try to explain it, right? Yeah. Because he's been so popular in social media as of late, him yeah. being on SNL seems to be unpopular because he's getting too much attention and not paying taxes. And, and people give this explanation to it. Oh, you said and it all so the well. person's asking for is like, yo, why do I hate Elon Musk? Oh, what? What? I. Yeah. All I know is I heard Elon Musk again for like the fifth time today, and I'm like, what? Why? What did he do? Yeah. He went to the fucking moon? What happened? I don't understand. What? Jeff Bezos did a rocket ship? Like, right. I didn't even know Jeff Bezos was going up into space until the day he was going up into space. Mm. And I was like, what? And, he, and yeah. everyone was like, yeah, he's going up. And I was like, okay. And I, like, I looked yeah. into it, and I was like, oh, that's crazy, dude. That's he's taking just an app. What? He's just taking random people? Yeah. Like, but, dude, I didn't really know. And, like, I don't know, I don't know why I wasn't in that bubble or, like, didn't really know about it. Yeah. But I think that's a lot of people. A lot of people don't know why people hate things. I don't know. I don't know why people yeah. hate Elon Musk. I know people hate people that don't have to pay taxes. Right. But from what I hear, what I've, well, I mean, he paid what I've the seen most on Twitter taxes. is he pays taxes. I mean, he paid it's like, I think, small, $8 billion in taxes. It's just a small percentage of him. It's just a small percentage of what he has. And he doesn't even have like cash. It's all in like stocks and investments. Right. So it's not even really like his money. Or it's interesting it's to me weird. that like if Elon Musk cured cancer, people would hate him. Of course. Isn't that interesting? Of course. Yeah, of course. It's, it's interesting to me. Dude. I think it's pretty fucking crazy that they cured like two or three people of AIDS, like specifically wow. with this genome thing that they're doing wow. under the radar. Uh, and also, um, what was the other one that was under the radar? Uh, late? Oh, fucking the aliens, bro. There's so yeah. much shit with aliens and stuff that's coming out and people don't give don't look a up. fuck. Don't look up. They don't give a shit to where yeah. the Vatican is like, yo, we need the, or whatever they're doing, but they're getting people together. Both the religious sector and the government sector are getting... Um, Oh dear. The government is getting well. Uh, the religious aspect, of Catholic Church or somebody is trying to get an interpretation, somebody to interpret what's going on religiously with the unveiling of the UAPs and the UFOs and what that means for religion. Right? They're trying to get someone to interpret that for all those people because they sure, got to update their brand. Yeah, they, exactly. Yeah. And so, but they're also trying to find people that. Oh God. 
they're trying to find um, uh, like philosophical behavioralists or something mm-hmm. to or <clears throat> basically they're trying to gather smart people to figure out how we interpret alien life to people like yeah. to the public like hey what oh uh, ideologists right how are we okay n- now, that we're, this. now that we're working with the concept that they're potentially being life yeah how does that work out ideologically how does that work out with the yeah the yeah. gods the yeah. spirits the this like okay aliens are a thing okay well where do yeah. we why why we got to start figuring out maybe why they're a thing what is the possibility of life on other planets look like what yeah. causes it we got to start going down those avenues because it's pretty apparent there's some extra shit going on that we don't know about unless it is some weird high-tech human civilization thing that we just don't know that's going on like if china and other but from like all the reports that are coming out countries all over the world are like yo we've seen shit and got shit on footage and that we don't know what Did it you ever is. watch fire in the sky uh, the old like sci-fi movie, yeah, uh, like a long time Bro, ago. I saw this is like when I was Fiona's age, and I saw the movie, and I didn't know that it was not real. And uh, you know, it's based on a true story, right? It's based on someone's story. Yeah, yeah, someone's abduction, <laughs> someone's abduction, abduction encounter. It's based on somebody's story, um, not like that it happened, right? Because you can't prove that. But um, there's a sequence at the end where they show the abduction. And uh, they show the guy because he's having like a PTSD flashback, and they show the aliens, and they show they're like probing this guy or whatever, and it's done so well. Like I rewatched this movie as an adult not too many years ago, and I was like, "This is fucking horrifying." So you know that that guy, they they obviously he's been through like the ringer of skeptics and stuff, right? Sure. He's one of the few people that have stories that have been corroborated by so many people. Wait, really? And investigated so many times that it's likely to be a, an event that happened. Meaning, because if I'm not mistaken, this is the guy that was in like Alaska, right? Wasn't he a, a, a lumberman? And, and I don't know his real life story. I just seen the movie. Okay. In the movie, he's with like some people, right? And yeah. the light comes on the car and he gets abducted and they right. think he's dead. They can't find him and they leave. But and he, then he comes yep, back yep. a couple of days later. That's right. Okay. So the real story is he was a lumberjack mm-hmm. and he was in Canada or some shit, wherever they were. And uh, that actually happened. They saw a ball of light. They drove towards it. They all got out of the car. He got hit with something and they left him. Yeah. Well, they've interviewed all of his coworkers and people that were with him. He was with like seven or eight people and they all corroborate a story to where the skeptics and the people that are interviewing think they all experienced the same event. They don't know if it's an alien abduction, right. but they've narrowed it down to where all these people were at the same event and all witnessed the same thing. Yeah. And they all, but cool, they're not like, connected. We don't, no, 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 they are. They, so they, they could have like all made up that story together. Right. That's where they're like, that's yeah. where there's investigators come yeah, in yeah. and they try to pick holes. Right. They try to pick holes in what people say. Yes. Inconsistencies, things that don't match up. And it, that's been done so many times with all of them involved. Yeah. They think that the story's as accurate up. as, yeah, as accurate as it can be. Now, that doesn't mean that an alien actually came down and abducted him, but they were all together. Yeah. Homeboy went missing. Yeah. They thought he was dead. He showed up a couple of days later. Homeboy showed up a couple of days later, doesn't remember anything. Yeah other dudes just know there was this chaotic event before he vanished yeah and so there's like the you know and that's interesting to me because maybe it wasn't an alien abduction but how do you get people like all in intertwined on the same fucking story right and something with that like what were you gonna say with it being so real to you but without well i was just thinking you know when i was a child and i saw that and it was just so uh, i was fascinated by aliens as a kid i thought i was an alien 
and i really did and that movie is like the best movie even though it's old it's the best movie to show like how this would work in real life today i think you know mm. like what would an alien look like to me they're very they're, i'd imagine they'd be i don't know if they'd be like mammals i'd imagine they'd be humanoid oh and i think in the movie like you know the traditional alien like the head shape with the eyes yeah. i think that's like their suit right and they take the suit off and they're gross like they look like people except like deformed people and it was just like ah, oh, i was ooh, oh shit I was shocked watching this movie as a kid because I was just watching it on television one day and I didn't know the context. But I remember watching like Ripley's Believe It or Not or like Fox would air these specials of like an alien autopsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as a dumbass kid that didn't know jack shit, I was like, oh my God, this is real. And we've all seen that clip, right? Of the alien like on the slab. Yeah. yeah. We've all seen that black and white clip. The Roswell, all that. And it's like, unfortunately, I think those have been debunked, but like I really want it to be real. Who does it? I really and do. Like, like I'm yo, not afraid of it, man. Like I'm afraid of the humans that I live with. What always tripped me out. That's accurate. That's accurate. And what and it it has to do with this one. Dude, Paul, lust. wouldn't you love if Paul happened to you? See, like this this alien who was like, or ET, or like ET. Like, yeah, well, alien. ET's. I always thought ET was disgusting. Well, okay. Get your fucking disgusting fingers away from me. Okay. But Paul adorable cool seth rogan voice i was like dude i could chill with paul i would take paul's secrets to the grave like i wish this guy was my bud you know what i mean you know this is where like (laughs) i'm being a child but like i don't know like so to to go back to how do ideologists and you know um uh, anthropologists or like these people cutting edge people kind of articulate this to society I kind of feel like they have like give me some more well, Paul that shit was and I'm, I'm on board that was his thing on Rogan is Rogan's what are your thoughts question, on Tom I mean dude, you think he's a quack or you we, think he's for real we don't have enough time okay just answer that listen Oh, it's loaded, bro. It's a loaded question. Listen. <laughs> okay, so you think he knows? All, you think he knows? Yes, bro. It makes perfect sense. And this is what oh my everything word. he has said has come out. The fucking footage. The okay. You're uh, right. You're right. There's a great documentary called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Oh. Now, you do have to purchase it on Amazon, but it's like five bucks. Yeah. But it follows this guy that worked in the White House. He's been like the head of the UAP UFO program for like a long time. His name's Dr. Stephen Greer. He's kind of a nut job. But anyways, he cooperates the To the Stars Academy and a lot of the shit that Tom DeLonge talked about on the Rogan podcast. He talked about it in 2017. This documentary came out in like 2019 or 2020. And this is about Tom probably has this guy's number. Oh, he, right? Tom talks about him. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ad nauseum. That's almost. where he would get that. And so, from. but Tom Tom said I was basically selected because you can appropriate. I can make the encounters and the the uh, acknowledgement of alien life palatable for the pop culture public. Right. The people. Do that, you buy that? Is Tom DeLonge the best person to pick for that role? I don't know. Right. But that makes so much sense. It makes so much sense that they would want someone in that realm to be able to articulate it for people and to be able for it to make sense. Now, you kind of blew the fucking lid by telling people that's what your job was instead of just making the music and the movies and the mm-hmm. making this content for us to digest so then when it does come out, you know, you've told us that, that was that's your plan before it like really came out and now it's just like okay. But well, he doesn't say aliens he does he it. calls them like celestial spiritual fifth dimensional that's what's that's he calls what, it magic that's what, what it sounds like to that's me. what uh stephen greer calls it he calls it uh they basically their energy 
and they manifest themselves in form. You ever see the South Park episode where it's like, what? I can't show you my real form, so do you want me right. to be Missy Elliott? Yeah, yeah, Let yeah. me work it. And you yeah. want me to be this talk yeah. with the shit's ice cream? That's right. Contact. Contact. Hey, you wouldn't understand how I look, so I got to right. give you your dad so you're comfortable and we can talk. Right, that's right. Like Contact slaps. Fucking contact. That's a great movie. Did you ever see uh, <laughs> fuck Arrival with oh, Mar- Martin Sheen or uh, Charlie Sheen? What? And the dude's fucking knees bend backwards. The kid's knees bend backwards. Arrival. And an That's the Amy Adams one. Oh no 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 not Arrival. Uh no no, no I'm sorry. The yeah no 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 no. Yeah, arrival yeah. with Jeremy Renner. No no no. I know that that's Arrival, but ah oh, shit. Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Charlie Sheen. Tiger Blood. Yeah 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 yeah. The Arrival. Oh, it's with called the David, Arrival. David David Tui and Charlie Sheen. I have not seen Dude, it. Dude, no. it's a fucking great His alien. His knees movie. go what the fuck? They've so they've got this they've got this uh they're like uh Brian is in it. Oh dude, it's so good. We're running out of time too. They're like these fucking scientists and they yeah, right? So they discover a spacecraft or whatever, they make contact and they actually see the aliens and the aliens their knees bend backwards. So oh, like they fucking stand. Like flamingos. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Boom, their knees bend backwards and they run. Creepy. And so they've got like this team of scientists and they have this real young kid who's like a scientist on their team. Spoiler alert. And uh, I mean, throughout the movie, they're just kind of having these like weird interactions with the aliens doing their thing. Well, at the end of the movie, they're having like this real long dialogue and the kid's standing out like on the mountain and he got upset at them because they were going to do something about notifying the authorities of like the aliens or something. I don't know. They were going to make a bigger deal out of it than it was supposed to be. And the kid was like, we shouldn't do this. They're, you know, they're, they're alien beings, whatever. He was just like a young scientist trying to be morally good or whatnot. And uh, he's like overlooking the fucking facility. I think it's at the end of the movie or it's towards like the climax of the movie because it's a turning point for sure. And you're like, well, what the fuck? And he's like just standing out looking over it and all of a sudden his knees bend backwards and he starts running and you realize he's a fucking alien. And you're like, yo, what? He was with him the whole fucking time and he was an alien? Oh, shit. That's scary. Yeah, dude. That's scary. Yeah, bro. That's sick. Um, I'm ready for it, man. Like, I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't fuck me up existentially. Like I, I've been per- prepared for it my whole you life. You know, I heard that. I thought I was an alien, legitimately. I heard that a long time ago. That the acknowledgement of intelligent life from other planets, not just finding a micro, not finding a microorganism on the lake and on right. Mars, not something that's going to live in life. water. Intelligent, sentient life that is comprehensive and all these other different levels of intelligence would more than likely disavow most religious structures because it's it it it. It's beyond the creator theory of Absolutely. whatever religion has they provided. They can't rewrite the Old Testament. They can't rewrite it now. It's too late. No, true. You know, and, and you know what starts. Although, although, you know what sparked this conversation? You I, asked me about Donda. Yeah. And I brought up Elon Musk, and then yeah. it turned into that. Um, that that's what sparked that. And, and I've heard Kanye say, like, Mark Zuckerberg, you're looking for aliens. You got an alien right here, man. You know, I've heard him say that about himself, and I, I look at Kanye at that. Like, this is a unicorn. This is an alien. We have him here. He's brilliant. I'm not saying he can't do no wrong, um, but I, I loved Donda, you know. Um, I liked the re-release a little bit better, uh, although I thought it was too much. I like the Andre track, right? I thought it flowed better. I Having, don't, Dude, how do you not start off with, what was the song called, Jail? How do you not start off with that? Like, that kind of blew it for me. You know, the, the deluxe does not start with Jail like it should, you know, in my opinion. But um, So I got used to the I'm track order. The jail tonight. Dude, that, so that's the record so of the year, man, for so, sure. I don't know about that. What do you think? I thought it what, was what? flat. I thought it fell a little flat. Um, it's bloated, but the I don't think that's a bad The only reason being thing. is I don't like the... It's my album of the year, and this is going to be completely contradictory to what I say, but I'll explain why it's the album of the year for okay. me. Um, 
so I'm not a fan of the large LP releases. I'm not a fan of the 15 plus songs. I don't, I just, Drake, I'm not a big Drake fan anyways, but, you know, 20 tracks, we saw it, fucking Big Sean did one, you know, it's a lot. Um, and sometimes it works, the, the, you know, but it's not always my favorite. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the fucking Donda itself had a good amount of songs on it. And then the re-release had even more songs on it, but I felt the re-release did flow a little bit better. So I was okay with it. Um, you know, and it's Kanye, dude. I liked it. I'm not the biggest Life of Pablo fan, and Matt thinks that's the fucking greatest Kanye album of all time. I'm a. I really like my Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah. I really like uh, Late Registration. You know, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. you know early Kanye. I mm-hmm. also like uh, College Dropout. I like 808 Heartbreaks for what it is. You know, because yeah. it was what different about and it's dan- dancey. I like Yeezus, and yeah. I love uh, Watch the Throne. Mm-hmm. I love him and Jay Z shit, and I really yeah. hope they do a second one. Yeah. Um, Jesus was good, and I do like Life of Pablo, but I like it for Father Stretch My Hands, one and two, you know? I yeah. like it for, uh, you know. I, I, See, that's the thing with Pablo, is that when it came out, I liked, like, there was, like, five smashes on there. Yeah. Like, I, I really liked Famous and Waves and, Waves. like, Waves shit, shit that, like, great. popped out at me. But then, after years went by, I was like, oh, 30 Hours is really good. Uh, no more parties in LA. I'm like, fuck, that's really good. And I feel like Donda has tracks that I know two, three years from now, I'm going to be like, oh, I slept on this track. Okay. So yeah, I like yeah. the bloatedness that in the sense. grand scheme of things. That makes the sense. The weekend that comes out, I don't got time for that shit. Yeah. For like 30 tracks or whatever. Yes. And that's where, and that may be it. That may be it. I just don't, you got to make something. And this is where, so my album of the year was this band called Every Time I Die. Of and course. they're from Buffalo, New York. Yeah. And so they did uh, Dude, their the album. Dude, AEW wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Butcher and the Blade. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. Well, they even went through some drama this year, but it's all good. But okay, um, good. they, yeah, dude, their album Radical. And so they pushed it back. They didn't want to release it last year because they knew they couldn't do shows or do mm-hmm. much with it. And they ended up adding like, five, I think like five or six tracks to it. And so wow. when they fucking wow. finally announced they were going to release it, they were like, yo, 18 tracks, enough? What else? Or 17 oh, tracks or some shit. And dude, for, the, for, for a, a metal, metal band, core, insane. It, yeah, dude. How was it? Oh, it's phenomenal. But is it like four, like three-minute tracks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 17, 17 tracks, wow. 18 tracks, I think. And dude, it's... You it, sold me on this. What's it called? Uh, Radical. Radical. Yeah, okay, I'm, and I'm it's great. To it on and dude, so what's interesting, and we were, we were talking about this on I Hate This Scene, a good little wrap-up here, but it, it for me... So the front man of Every Time I Die left the band like two weeks ago three weeks ago like right before christmas publicly on twitter and it was like this big old thing like i heard my brother was talking about replacing me and over the last year he has he started a twitch channel keith buckley he started a twitch channel and has become really like a prominent figure in like the music scene outside of the music so he's got a twitch channel got a pretty decent following on social media left his wife uh recently like sold his house and bought like an rv thing and is living on the road and like has definitely gone through like some changes and people have noticed it so then when he publicly leaves the band, people are like, yo, I think something might be up. Like, this is really odd behavior for him. Uh-huh. And it'd be really weird for a band that's been together for the most part, same members, the better part of 20 years. To which, just, which is unheard of for for us, Yeah, especially one that's not even like necessarily super mainstream, but they are successful. They have yeah. their own shows, their weekend festivals, things like that, right? And, um, you know... I think as someone in the public eye that was really battling, who has battled with depression and addiction and a bunch of different issues, which he has. Um, you think he's spiraling out? You know, I don't think if he's nece- necessarily spiraling out. And then like a day or two after they posted that on Twitter, the band posted, hey, uh, 
because they do this annual event called Tid the Season, and it's their weekend Christmas thing that they do, right? Yeah, I've heard of this. And uh, yeah, they have wrestling and shit yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had just announced the lineup, the set, all of that shit, timing, parking, all that, like all the event details. Yeah. And then two days later, Keith does this thing. And so they were like, hey, um, hmm. just so everybody knows, Tid the Season's good to go. Let us as a band figure all this stuff out. They didn't even really like address it. They just, what they did is, they addressed that they were going to have a fill-in for him because he had gotten sick and he was going to pull off the tour. And within that, he heard that they were going to try to replace him or something and he got angry. But people on Twitter were speculating that it was just something that kind of got blown out of proportions. They were going to talk it through and all was going to be good. And that's what it turned out to be. Oh, so he's, right? he's still with it? Yeah, yeah. And so oh. I think a lot of people did think maybe he overheard and like jumped to conclusions and maybe it is a part and of he like was gonna die on the, the recovery. First. Yeah, you know, and people that go through addiction recovery, they deal with that, right? And yeah. they think that they're being ostracized and people are coming after him and what have you. And it could have been something that's just like, no, man, we were talking about having someone replace you and in the event that you did need more time, like he'd be right. suitable, but you're not obviously being the replaced. The show's got to go on. Yeah, we're not yeah, kicking you out. Dude, you're not leaving the band. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so assumingly it was something like that but i thought it was a beautiful representation of what 2020 probably did for a lot of people and they pushed this album back specifically to not have to release it during that year and then to add on to it which we all did we all pushed things back probably within 2020 or missed opportunities because of it and then added on to our plates our plates were already probably full as it was and we added on to it we took in more things he got divorced publicly started a whole new endeavor being in the public eye you know yeah. as a content creator maybe or whatever he is um you know and he probably went through a lot of the pitfalls that a lot of us average people went through and just so happens to be in the public eye and have that public expression that people pay attention to and you hear it in the music man you hear it wow. with just you hear the emotion, the anger, the like. the The album starts off with a song that says, uh, "I want to save all my friends, and you can burn all the rest." Like, and it's, and he does it, and he doesn't even say "save myself." He goes, "I want to save the ones that I love. You can burn all the rest." Like, Probably. they're the ones that are going to get saved through all this. You can burn all. And then they've got another song where he says, "Give it all back to the animals. They don't want what we have, and we don't deserve what we have." Give it all back to the Ooh. fucking animals. Yeah, just a bunch of heavy shit, dude. Some and levels it's just to this. like, oh, man, this is coming from someone who has grown a lot as a human being. You've seen it in the public eye, but they're also probably dealing with a lot of the realistic fates of humanity in of itself. Like, dude, yeah, it's it's not just grim for you. It's grim for all of us. And it sucks because the, the part is the whole. You know, yeah. if it's bad for you, it's bad for your wife and your kids. If it's bad for me, it's bad for Rebecca and my mom and my sister and whoever right. else, right? That's if right. it's bad for one person, it's bad for their network because that of the link that is, you know. Yeah. And I just thought it summed it up, man. Definitely man, give it a listen. I'm going I'm going to. I appreciate that. Um, you want to rattle off some s stuff on your list? I know we're winding Dude, we out did, here. We did. We did. We talked to Dune. Uh, I didn't see Matrix. I know you said you did. What would you think about it? We I, talked album of the year, movie of the year. We I talked. watched it a few times. It's not at all what I expected. My galaxy brain thought it was going to be something else, and it wasn't. I love it for what it is. I feel like the trilogy is complete. Um, it sounds like Warner Brothers was going to make this movie with or without the original directors, and so I feel like she was like, okay, no, no, I'll, I'll do it, and then she was like, she ended it, where she's like, now you guys can't make another Matrix. And if you do, well, fuck it, because I already, we ended it, kind of. It's sort of like that. Um, but it's a lot like the discourse from Don't Look Up, where you love it or hate it. Mm, it's yeah, definitely that. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the new Spider-Man? 
Uh, I know exactly all that happens. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. That's interesting because a lot of my friends did. A lot of they my friends love, think and it's I get best it. Of Marvel, the best I, Marvel movie of all time. It's funny, like uh, it's like professional wrestling where Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, and The Rock get in the ring, and people are like, "Wow!" And to me, it's like that's not enough. Cut, cut to a match. I want to see a match, man. Like that cameos just aren't enough for me. You know, see, it's just not enough for me. Like, oh man. Also, there are scenes with certain actors, and I won't say um, that they weren't there. They just cut and pasted them from the other movies. And I could tell when I was watching, and that, like, ruined it for me. I'm like, this actor's not even there. This is from, this is B-roll from the other movie. Like, and people are like, they love that? I'm like, this looks like it was filmed on Zoom. You can you know? tell? I, I could. And sure enough, I, I uh, confirmed it. Like, it was like, yeah, that I won't say who. But these two actors weren't really there, you know? Toby Maguire and the other dude were No, 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 there. the villains. These they villains. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I heard that. Okay. I heard so, Willem so Dafoe probably there's, really there's Lizard. We all, we all wanted Lizard to come back. Lizard's back, baby. Yeah, you wanted him, he's back. And Sandman, if you didn't get enough Sandman, he's back. But uh, the actors didn't come back, but they just cut and pasted them. And it felt like a lot of the movie for me, like the actors weren't there, but they just green screened them all together. This is like maybe filmmaker brain that I can't turn off. No, 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 I like that though because that's something. And so for people saying, this is the best Marvel movie ever, to me it's like, anytime a new one comes out, you say that. I have this uh, recurring joke with my friends where after and every movie, they're like, what you think? I always say, it's the greatest comic book movie since The Dark Knight, which is like, because everybody says that, right? And I'm, and so it's just it's just recency <laughs> bias, I think. But, um, you know, I also don't want to yuck anybody's yum. Like, for those that really wanted to see that and had a good time, great. But it took me out of the movie, like, when I was watching it. I was like, this doesn't look real. This looks like Willem Dafoe showed up and was on a green screen and then they they put him next to jamie fox but he's not actually next to jamie fox and to me that's like fake you know i I didn't really like that and it's like i I also heard that where's the fun in asking jamie fox one day in an interview so what was working with william defoe on the set of spider-man like oh man it was great you know it was fucking cool we chilled and this and that oh you didn't do it oh you mean to tell me you fucking were in it i'm a snob like i I hold those movies to a different standard um but i do think marvel movies are essentially content not art yeah, I, do. I didn't say it. I didn't um, say a- anything it. else from your? I just nah, want to hit all your spots, man, because no, I, I respect you and I, I want to honor this podcast. Music of the year, we hit on them. Um, what do you think about the 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 new J Cole? Uh, whatever. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Same. Uh, my big hits this year were Mick Jenkins had an album that was good. I really liked, obviously, fucking uh, Griselda, West Side Gun. His. Uh, do you follow Griselda? No. No, Griselda, they're out of Buffalo, New York. They're mm. fucking a whole crew, so they're gangster. They'll wow. fuck your shit up. Yeah, they're That's tight. Cool. They're hip hop, though. East Coast hip hop. Like, hard, hard, real yeah. hard. Talking about, like, selling coke and crack and, yeah. Wow. Real, real heavy. Uh, the Alchemist, the producer, you know who the Alchemist is? Mm-hmm. He's got an album with this artist called Boldy James, and it's called Bo Jackson. Fucking great. It's so great. Sweet. Um, did you see No Time to Die? I didn't. No? Did you? I did. I liked it. It was good. I'm, I'm a Bond fan. You know, I, yeah, I, I like, like Bond. I like the movies for, for what they are. You know, it. Uh, people said that it was taking some social justice stances, and I Do didn't really see it until... I mean, I didn't see it until afterwards, and now I'm like, oh, I get it. It kind of sucks that, like, a woman can't shoot a gun or whatever without it being a statement. Like, yeah, I, when I, I was growing up, like, I saw badass chicks fighting. But like, he also I, doesn't, like, sexualize anybody. And I get it. That's, like, what you don't... You don't want that either, but there wasn't... You could tell that they completely averted him being, like, even remotely, like, flirtatious, and it's like, come on, you're not... He was, like, all torn up about a love interest. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay. Well, I saw... Which was also really Spectre, beautiful, because if you're into... I liked Spectre. Spectre was good. If you're yeah. into... Uh, yeah, and if you're and into... And so they brought her back, Leia Sadu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
Um, so, makes sense to me. I mean, yeah, but it also is like, it's, you know, how it ended. I mean, did you, you didn't see it, though. Okay. No, you can well, tell me. I don't care. I mean, he fucking dies at the end. Oh, he like, dies. Yeah, dude. Dude, this, like, is not, this is not go. This didn't get out. Yeah. Dude, no what? one ruined it for me. What? Really? How does he die? Does he get a badass death? Um... He, uh, yeah. I didn't see that coming. It's it's called No Time to Die. He gets, well, because the point is, is he, uh. Does Rami this, Malek do it? It's this, uh, it's this thing where, uh, once it's in your system, you're going to die. I see. And you can't, um. So you have to die. Yeah. And it, he's not able to, um, what can he do? He can't, uh. Like get his blood pressure at a certain level. No, he can't like, like touch his kid. He can't do anything with the the kid and the and, contagious. And her anymore. Yeah, and it's like this and is the it's, plot of Metal Gear Solid Four. And it's like they are gonna die if you come into contact with them now that you got it, and you can be saved, but you can never come into. Once they get it, they can't be saved because you've got the. He had like the antibodies in him, uh-huh. but they didn't have the antibodies, and there's no more antibodies, and so he wasn't gonna die. But he couldn't be around them, and so he basically like traps. I think Rami Malek in like a building, and these missiles are going to come and blow it up, and he just stays in the building with them. Did they show him die? Yeah, because you know the rules. If you don't show him die, die, he's still alive. I mean, you weren't. The camera wasn't on the building as the bombs were blowing the building up, but he's on the 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 roof of the building, and they he's watching the planes drop the bombs, and then from the angle, you see the building blow up. Cool. You know, That's cool. Assume they, it, it was implied that he was on the roof. <laughs> Were you shocked that he died? So, and I think the next Bond's going to be black, right? So I'm pretty sure I don't that's know. how they're going to segue into, into oh, okay. that. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Idris Elba. I thought he was going to be the next Bond. I haven't heard that. I don't know, uh, man. Daniel Craig, uh, got, got to give it up to him. He was a great Bond. Great Bond. Skyfall man. was My a great favorite. movie. My favorite. All right, wrapping it up, man. Where can they find you? All the social medias. Let's get it. Thank you so much. Uh, at Knives Monroe and all the things. At Indie Darlings. Uh, check out my Indie Darlings YouTube. Were you serious about making a YouTube channel? Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'll talk to you. Let me know what I can do we'll to talk. help. Anything yep. at all. I'd love to help. We'll talk. If you need tips, whatever, man. I'm happy. Got a to camera set up, a cam link, 4K set up. Oh, you're good then, bro. Yeah, yeah. That's sweet. Please be consistent with it. I'm a big fan. Let me know where I can subscribe, and I want to support that. Cool beans, man. Cool beans. I appreciate you. Um, happy indie happy Darlings for yeah for all the Indie Darling stuff right on Instagram and yes, sir. Yep. Queensland, yeah, you too. Uh, And at the end of this year, we'll have our other one. Take care, man. Bye.